What is up, YouTube? Welcome in to another edition of Bucky and BK live on Texas Sports Unfiltered and on the free Texas Sports Unfiltered app. Today is Wednesday, November 15th, 2023. And the Buck and I are with you for the next two hours talking plenty of football. The new college football playoff rankings came out last night. The Longhorns still ranked number seven, but we did have a change at the top. We'll give our NFL power rankings as we do every Wednesday right here on the show. A little baseball conversation, some injury news to get into out of the NFL, some more firings to talk about in the world of college football. Plenty to discuss from now until 10 o'clock, and we're happy you're spending some or all of your morning with us. What's going on, Buck? I'm doing well, BK. How you feeling this morning? Feeling a little bit better? Or a little bit worse. Uh, about the same. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah, I gotta get me some tea. Apparently, some green tea, some nice green tea with some honey in it. Oh, that'll do. It. That'll soothe that throat down and help you feel better. And if you have to go Dayquil, that's the stuff. Or Nyquil uh, to get some sleep. I, I've I've been a Nyquil guy if when I'm when I'm really sick, but I don't get sick that often. I either get, I either get stuff like amnesia verbal amnesia or whatever genital amnesia genital yeah i get either i either get that i don't get like a lot of just like colds i if i get a cold i just go ahead and get COVID. i don't play around but you'll never have the flu right i I don't get the flu Mm. i don't get you do get COVID. you don't get get colds you don't get the flu but you do get COVID. yes i do Mm. and what's going on with your gen i shouldn't ask about your genitals but (laughs) But you doing just, okay over there? Yeah, my amnesia and stuff. I get things like that, head hmm. things, you know, head traumas. But I don't, I don't get like the the colds and stuff. I get the stuff that can kill you. Yeah, so I feel I'm like gonna... every year around this time I get hit with something. Before and the holidays start. Yeah, it might have to do with the weather changing because the weather is changing right now in Austin. It might have to do with the stash. Like I just feel like this thing just conceals germs. There's so <laughs> much bacteria in here that maybe this is why I get sick every November. But uh, yeah, the crud, man. I've I've taken Nyquil the last two nights. I've been popping a bunch of Advil and taking the Dayquils and like such as, in the words of Miss Teen USA. Yeah. Uh, man, I have some like leftover amoxicillin, which is, you know, prescription pain killing stuff that you have for like years and years. It probably has no effect whatsoever anymore. I don't think it's that old. It's probably a year old. I don't think it's completely expired yet, but I've been taking a couple of those to try to help. And I can't, uh, I can't kick this thing yet, but we'll be fine. We'll be fine. There, uh, but you haven't done the tea yet. You haven't done the green tea. No, no, tea tastes like ass, dude. It's awful. It's so bad. All I do is get up and go to the bathroom and get up and go to the bathroom, but sometimes it's good to get all that stuff out of you. You know, you can drink the water, but it doesn't drain you like that tea. That tea goes through you. It goes through you quick, too. Yeah, yeah, that's, I guess, what I need. But, man, I'm still bitter about, uh, what, the ex-mother country taxing our tea, you know? Yeah, so you're having trouble with that? Right, yeah, the Boston Tea Party, you know, like oh, I'm still oh, Greenleaf, yeah, Greenleaf, we do right here in in Americana. There we go. Okay, yeah. I got to. We don't need yeah. Juan Valdez to do the tea. Yeah, no kid, no kid. Well, thanks everybody for stopping by this morning. Uh, I think we're on. We should be okay. It looks like our numbers are starting to pop up a little bit. Maybe YouTube was a little bit slow to get us rolling this morning, but we are live and we are with you 
uh, all day long right here on Texas Sports Unfiltered. And good morning to the soldiers at Fort Cabasas, Texas, the soldiers in the state of Texas, and all those that fight for us each and every day. Thank you so very much for what you do. We do appreciate it. We appreciate it each and every day. And to your families, everyone be safe out there. Amen, amen, amen. And before we get to the college football playoff rankings, we've got some breaking injury news out of the NFL. And Buck, you know what they say. Good things only happen to good people, right? Is that even a saying? It's not a saying, but it's it's good enough for this morning. Well, Deshaun Watson, Deshaun Watson is out for the season. Uh, he's having shoulder surgery. Of course, the quarterback of the Cleveland Browns, the former quarterback of the Houston Texans, it was announced, I don't know, within the last 10, 15 minutes that uh, he is dealing with some sort of injury in his throwing shoulder, and it is going to require surgery, and that surgery is going to require Deshaun Watson to miss the remainder of the 2023 season. So the Cleveland Browns have been playing some pretty good football as of yes. If the season ended today, they would be in the playoffs. They just went into Baltimore and overcame a 14-point deficit and beat the Ravens. Uh, so things were looking up for Cleveland, but uh, not so much anymore as Deshaun Watson is now out for the season, Buck. Nothing like a guaranteed contract. Oh, man. For a gazillion dollars. And the guys played for maybe a half a year so far. Yeah, they gave him that ridiculous, unprecedented deal to convince Deshaun Watson to waive his no-trade clause and accept the deal to the Browns, right? That was the only reason he said yes to going to oh, Cleveland yeah. was the fact that they ripped up his old contract, which was already pretty big. I mean, he had already gotten a four-year extension with the Texans before he requested a trade and before all of the off-the-field stuff popped up. But even that wasn't good enough for Deshaun. The Browns gave him a completely new five-year, fully guaranteed $250 million deal and, uh, yeah, the, he was obviously suspended for 11 games last season, and now he's going to miss the last half of this season. So uh, that contract was already questionable at the time it was given out. It's looking even more questionable right now. Yeah, and, you know, they had Joshua Dobbs on their team for a while, too. That dude is gone. And who's, they, who's quarterback now, J.J. Jackson, Johnny Jackson, or Jimmy Joe Jackson or somebody like that? Uh, P.J. Walker, I believe. P.J. Walker. Yeah, the former XFL legend. He was with the Houston Roughnecks when the XFL existed, or at least when the first iteration of the XFL existed. Uh, he started yeah, a couple of games. Playing, yeah. yeah, I mean, he started a couple of games earlier this year because Deshaun had another injury that he was dealing with. Uh, but, yeah, he's uh, going to be the guy the rest of the way for the Browns. And, look, the Browns' defense is – Really, really good. Yes, they uh, are. It's good enough to keep them in the mix. But Deshaun Watson had actually turned a little bit of a corner, right? He wasn't playing well at all for the first month, month and a half of the year. But over the last two or three weeks, it feels like he had come into his own and started to look like the guy we saw in Houston for those couple of years. And, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know if the Browns have enough with them. I mean, starting quarterback and starting running back, of course, Nick Chubb is out for the year, too. So. Uh, so big, big losses for the Browns. Not sure if they'll be able to overcome them, but hey, couldn't have happened to a better guy, right? Yeah, I mean, that's I mean, his karma is is on him. It's just, you know, I don't I don't wish bad luck on that dude. I just it's just it's just too bad. I mean, uh the the stuff that he's gone through, the stuff that he's put himself and where he is today, you know. But the injury part, that's brother, that's just a part of the NFL. That's just a part of football. Like I said, that, those are things, and some of those things could happen to you at practice. So it's not like the games are what get you. I mean, practice could get you. You I mean, you could take a bad cut. You know, we see so many 
non-contact injuries. You don't know. Hell, I, obviously this one must have happened in the game, but they didn't have they didn't have him down immediately after the game. They didn't say very much about this, so they probably wanted to make totally sure that that guy was done for the year before they let it out. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if they knew, right? I mean, yeah. today's Wednesday. Like, you usually right. don't wait that long to announce some no. sort of injury. Uh, I don't know if it's something that popped up in practice or maybe Deshaun just was hurting a little bit in practice, and finally the team is like, okay, well, it's Wednesday. It's you, shouldn't, yeah. you shouldn't still be hurting. Like, uh, something might be up here. Let's give you an MRI and see what's going on. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Whatever it is, Deshaun is out for the year. And, uh, man, if he – if he actually did what he's alleged of doing, then I, I do wish injury upon him. Like, screw that guy. You know, if he actually did to those women what they said he did and what the lawsuits indicate that he did, then I could not care less that he gets hurt. Well, I don't, I don't, I don't remember injury for just about anybody else. But if we're talking about a guy who committed uh, dozens and dozens of crimes, then, yeah, I've got oh, no yeah. problem with him getting hurt, actually. Well, I mean, if I mean, it's not that many people are just going to pile on you just for the sake of piling on. I don't believe. Yep. I mean, there's there's guy. I mean, to me, if one of them is true, that's plenty right there. But when you're getting right. into the twenties, that's that's not a that's not just somebody piling on, somebody trying to get rich off you. That's some of that stuff is true. So, mm -hmm. yeah, and that's 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 like I said, those are the things that that guy brought upon himself. The football injury part is just a part of football, right? Right, right, right. So I don't know. Maybe Cleveland uh, Browns. That's maybe you'll think about giving out those kind of contracts again, or everybody, or anybody else, really. Yeah, the cap hit for Deshaun Watson over the next three seasons is sixty-three point nine million dollars in each year. That's not total. That's in each year. So in 2024, 2025, and twenty twenty-six, wow. Deshaun Watson's cap hit in Cleveland is damn near sixty-four million dollars. Uh, yeah, what a mess. What a mess that is in Cleveland. And once again, it felt like he had started to find his rhythm a little bit. It felt like the Browns were playing some damn good football as of late. But uh, yeah, now this, this is going on right now. And Deshaun Watson's season is over. So there's your breaking news out of the NFL. A displaced fracture in his right glenoid in Ooh. his shoulder. I don't know what the hell that is. That's new stuff to me right there. Yeah, glenoid, glenoid, whatever. Maybe a massage could have helped prevent this from yeah, happening. Yeah, I mean, just on. a better massage would have helped that dude. Yeah, if he actually used real massage therapists instead yeah. of uh, the Instagram folk he was using a few years ago, maybe something like this wouldn't have happened. All right, Buck, the college football playoff rankings came out again last night, the third iteration of the CFP rankings here in 2023. And no movement for Texas for the third straight week. The Longhorns come in ranked number seven in the CFP. We did have a change at the top, a flip-flop of number one and number two. Of course, for the first two CFP rankings, Ohio State was ranked number one and Georgia was sitting at number two. And then last night, they flip-flopped. Georgia, the two-time defending national champ, is back at the top. They are ranked number one after their blowout victory over Ole Miss this past weekend. Ohio State didn't do anything wrong. Uh, they beat Michigan State 38-3 to last weekend. That's about as impressive as you could have possibly looked. Yep. But Michigan State obviously sucks. Ole Miss was a top-10 team. Georgia blew them out. Uh, no surprise about that change. But I guess I'll ask you, any, any problems with no. Georgia being number one right now? There's no problems with Georgia being number one no matter who they're playing, right, until there's somebody beats them for me. Yeah. Two-time defending champ. I, it, it doesn't matter. One, two, you can e – either way is fine with me. I don't know why they would why they wouldn't be number one. I mean, if you haven't beat this group in two years, going on three years, they should be the number one team in the nation still. So 
but that's not a big deal. That that one's fine. How about my sleeper team? How did how did their coach affect them? None. No, no oh. movement for Michigan. Yeah, they were uh, number three going into last weekend. They obviously went on the road to Penn State and beat the Nittany Lions. But um, yeah, no movement for Penn State. Uh, they're, they're, excuse me, no movement for Michigan. Penn State did move. They dropped a few spots. But yeah, that was Michigan's first tough opponent this season. Ohio State and Georgia both have better resumes than Michigan. So uh, no shock at all that the Wolverines stood pat at number three. Yeah, you know, that, and that's 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 kind of a shame. I mean, this group is going to play two tough games because they're going to hammer Maryland this week. You would think. You know, yeah, I mean, they, they play Ohio State and Penn State, and that's it. And Penn State shouldn't be considered a tough game for them any longer. I mean, it's just another game for them. You know, yeah. but for, for the rest of the world, it's like Penn State is Penn State. Well, who the hell is Penn State? Yeah, really, I mean, it's just Penn Ohio State. State. They play Ohio State. That's it. Right. Like, I think Penn State's a good team, but this is just what always happens when Penn State plays a great team, right? Like, it's clear right. that they're not on the level of Ohio State and Michigan. So, uh, look, I've dunked on Penn State as much as anybody. Still, going into Happy Valley and winning a game against that team, that's a good win. That is a good, good win. And Penn State is still ranked number 12 in the country. And I still think they are a top 15 to 20 team in college football. So, uh, that's a quality win for Michigan. The problem for them is that's the only quality one that they have. Like I right. will argue in favor of Penn state. I can't argue against, or excuse me. I can't argue in favor for anybody else that Michigan has played this season and look for the Wolverines. I mean, they, they take care of their business. They went out, they're going to make it to the college football playoff. It's as simple as that. Now, if they lose to Ohio state next weekend, then they're probably out because that's going to keep them out of the Big Ten championship game and the rest of their resume isn't good enough to get them in. I know last year the Big Ten got two teams into the playoff, but this year's a little bit different. You've got more competitive teams, and Ohio State's resume in 2022 was much better than Michigan's resume sure. here in 2023. So for Michigan, I don't think they should care too much that they're ranked number three. They know what they need to do. If they win the next three games, of course, their last they're two in. in the regular year and then the Big Ten title game, they're going to be in the Final Four once again. Yeah, they're in, so it, it doesn't matter to them. They just keep on winning and yep. cheating and cheating. So Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's uh, – uh, every college football fan, I think, outside of Ann Arbor is hoping that Michigan does lose. Like I, I feel like most college football fans root against Ohio State whenever they can, but maybe this year because of uh, the whole cheating scandal going on with the Wolverines, might have more people rooting for the Buckeyes in, uh, in that game than ever before. I would think so. I, I think so. I mean, you're right. I mean, if it, if it came down to Michigan and Ohio State, I would always be cheering for Michigan. Yeah. I'm not a Michigan fan, but I'm not even close to an Ohio State fan. So, yeah. Um, and it's it's going to be – and this is – like I said, a, a, a loss is going to screw them up because now college football, college football fans are looking at what's going on with their head coach and what's this whole scandal that's going on uh, throughout. Now, most fans pretend they won't care – but when it comes to moving a team one place or the other, you lose and you've been cheating later. Yep. And I think the NCAA and the college football playoff committee are hoping that Michigan slips up. Oh, yeah. And, you know, the committee, whenever they're asked about it, they're like, that's an NCAA issue. It doesn't concern us. We're just looking at the on-field resumes. If they but lose. They would love to keep Michigan out. And then the NCAA, I think they're worried that, man, <laughs> If they win the title this year, we might have to vacate that in a couple of years. And that actually requires us to do work 
and we don't like no. doing any sort of work. So it would just be so much better and easier for us if Michigan could just lose and we leave them out of the playoff and then sure. we don't have to worry about any vacation. Not vacation. Well, the NCAA does love taking vacation. Yes, they but, do. You know, vacating of titles or conference championships or national champ, whatever. Uh, I think, uh, yeah, and, in their perfect world, Michigan does slip up either yeah. this week. And then or maybe next their week. head coach will go take a job in the NFL and we, we're off the hook a little bit here. You know? Yep. Yeah, well, we're yeah, going to yeah, screw yeah. the next bunch of kids that come into Michigan and the right. new coach. Right. I'm fascinated to see what happens with this thing and obviously see where Jim Harbaugh ends up. I tend to agree with you. I think uh, his days in Ann Arbor are numbered. He's probably going to pull a Pete Carroll and uh, you know head to the NFL once he realizes that maybe some sort of punishment is coming his way. And, of course, he's already in the midst of a little bit of a punishment with the fact that he can't coach these uh, last three and I love games. it. And the meeting is on Friday this week. Oh, there's another meeting this week? Yeah, yeah, there's another meeting this week on, you know, the injunction by the court. I mean, so now they're not like meeting on Thursday. They're meeting on Friday. About what? Is, Are they going to change their mind and let him coach? There could be. I mean, and, and, and he's talking about being there himself. He wants to defend himself. You know how sometimes uh, if, you go to, if you go to court, they're like, I don't know if I let my client get on the stand. This dude wants to get on the stand. Uh, the worst I, part about all of this is the fact that Michigan keeps acting like a victim in this. Oh, deal. yeah, that's the deal. Yeah, they're not the victim here. Right, 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 right. It's like, no, you guys cheated and you guys got caught cheating. How are you the victim? Like, nobody feels bad for you right now, okay? Like, you're not the victim here. Quit playing that role. It's making people like you even less. Yeah, I don't like that part about this where they're acting like, you know, where they want to flip it around and everybody else. And huh. yeah, you know, you're calling your buddies that are on coaching staffs. Well, that's a part of the deal that's been going on forever. They haven't been sitting up in the stands with their video cameras and doing all kinds of stuff and way advanced scouting. You know, you're not supposed to be doing this. Those are rules that you already know. Right. So if, if, you, if you know you have a guy doing that, and you got caught, that's too bad. You're gonna, you need to pay the consequences for that. Yeah, it's not Ohio State's fault that uh, you were sending Connor Stallions to games to go film. Right. And, and steal opponent signs. like that, yeah, that, Minnesota didn't do that. Right. Minnesota, Michigan State, Rutgers, any of them. Like, it wasn't their fault that you My guys – fighting a line I didn't do that? Come on nah, now. Well, Michigan didn't need to steal off of uh, Illinois, I could tell you that. No, they don't need that. to steal off of anybody, that group. Well, or, yeah, they, or maybe, yeah, they do. Or maybe we're finding out maybe they did need to. I was going to say, I mean, for years, the narrative surrounding Michigan was that they just couldn't get over the Ohio State hump. And then, well, over the last few years, they've gotten over Ohio State. They've beaten the Buckeyes two years in a row. They've made it to the playoffs two years in a row. And they look like a legit national title contender. wonder what changed for Michigan. Cheaters. Maybe they just got tired of losing so much, and they tried to do something to give them a competitive advantage over everybody else. And... They did they that. And it's They're caught. Yeah. They, uh, I guess they didn't do it well enough against TCU in the semifinal last no. year. Or TCU apparently was smart enough to switch up the plays and the signs that they had because they caught wind of what Michigan was doing. So uh, Michigan's still number three. Florida State four, Washington five, Oregon number six. Oregon stays a spot ahead of Texas. Of course, the Ducks are the highest-ranked one-loss team in college football. Texas still the second-highest-ranked one-loss team in the country at number seven, but no movement for the Longhorns buck. You know, a lot of Texas fans, I think scared based on what's gone down the last two weeks with the Longhorns giving up these big leads and 
having to win close against both K-State and TCU from the eyes of the college football playoff committee. Uh, it hasn't hurt them. They just all. need to win. It's, that's all. They've, their schedule good, was good enough. That victory in Tuscaloosa will hold for a long time as long as Alabama keeps rolling. As long as Roll Tide keeps rolling, then that, that victory is huge. Yeah. And the victory over K-State and Kansas is huge. So yep. their, their schedule's just fine. Yeah, both of those teams still in the top 25, right? K-State ranked number 21, Kansas ranked number 25. They stayed in the rankings despite losing to Texas Tech this past Saturday. But yeah, Alabama remains a spot behind Texas at number eight. So that's it. I mean, if you're Texas, you just keep winning your games and you hope Alabama keeps winning its games yes. so that win continues to look like one of, if not the best wins in college football. And you hope Oregon State can beat Oregon. Yeah, that's it. I mean, Oregon State can help you out over the next two weeks, right? Because yes. Oregon State plays Washington this Saturday, and then they play Oregon next weekend. So uh, we're all Beaver fans here. You we're need all some Beaver help fans. Yeah, and you hope Florida State slips up at some point. Um, you know, obviously, you're just rooting for everybody ranked ahead of you right now to lose. You hope Oregon loses. You hope Washington loses. Florida State. Uh, you know, one of Michigan or Ohio State's going to lose, so that will obviously help. Yep. Uh, if Georgia somehow loses, then that would be nice, but I don't think Georgia's losing to anybody. No. Maybe maybe Alabama can give them a good game in the SEC championship game, but uh, I don't think Georgia's going to lose to anybody before that. I don't what know. If if Georgia, what if Alabama beats Georgia? Do they skip over Texas, even though Texas beats them? I would say yes. Yeah, that's that's obviously a wild scenario that could – come into play here right yeah, i mean what do, you, what do you do with georgia do, do you leave georgia out no they're still going to stay somewhere they're going to stay they're going to be at four one loss for them is going to keep them in they're that team hmm. yeah i don't know i don't know how that works i mean alabama would have to be in you would think because well they have won the best conference in all of football, and they would have just beaten the two-time defending national champ, a team that hadn't lost in like 30-something games. Plus, they so, win their conference. Yeah, they'd get in for sure. I don't know. I don't know what would happen there. Uh, you would need more chaos, I guess, to feel really good about Texas's chances to make it. Oh, the real chaos is the Oregon, is what, what Oregon State can do over the next two weeks. Right. Yeah, Oregon State and Florida State. I think those yeah. are the the – or I guess Oregon, Washington, and Florida State, those are the teams right. they need to lose. Oregon State's the team that could make it happen. Uh, that's that's more realistic, I think, than Georgia going down or than Alabama losing again. Problem is, you know, Florida State plays North Alabama and Florida over these final two weeks. Yeah, we're getting down to those games. And for the SEC, it must be that week coming up now, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's cupcake week for the SEC. Hell, apparently Florida State is in the – SEC now because they get North Alabama this week. So it's cupcake week for the ACC as well. Good thing some of these teams didn't take on Texas State in yeah. week 11. They'd have some <laughs> problems. No, no cupcakes there. Yeah, Alabama plays Chattanooga wow. this week. So I don't I don't think you can root for anything there. Um, Georgia does play at Tennessee. So they're starting to look like a cupcake the way they've been playing. As yeah, played. you're right. Georgia doesn't have that uh, super easy game this weekend, but um, yeah, I don't expect the Bulldogs once again to go down. So here's an interesting discussion that happened last night on ESPN as they were unveiling the college football playoff rankings. You know, they've got the full cast of characters breaking everything down. It's Kirk Herbstreit. It's Joey Galloway. It's Greg McElroy. It's Reese Davis or Chris Fowler. They're the same person, I think. 
but here was uh, Kirk Herbstreet talking a little bit about Texas versus Alabama, right? Texas ranked number seven, Alabama ranked number eight. Obviously, the Longhorns went into Tuscaloosa and beat the Crimson Tide this year. So you would think that's the reason why Texas is still ahead of Alabama. But here's Kirk Herbstreet talking about a potential nightmare scenario for Texas. This discussion at the end, and I, and I know when you have teams that are in a cluster, head-to-head is one of the big things. Conference championship is one of the big things. But that's going to be if Alabama keeps trending that way, and if they have to win out mm-hmm. for this to even be a discussion. But it'll be an interesting thought because it's – I know head-to-head is one uh, one metric – but it's not the only metric. So I'm just like you guys. I'm assuming Texas is kind of boxing Alabama out. But if you keep winning and bouncing off of guardrails and Alabama keeps getting better and better, it's worth at the very least a discussion there at the end. Yeah, you'll get a discussion. But if Texas wins the Big 12 championship, you won't get a discussion then. Right. There, there, yeah. there shouldn't be a discussion then. There, there, if they go on with a backup quarterback for two games – yeah, bouncing off the guardrails and you won those games. You're up by 20, but you won those games. Sorry, Herbie. If they win the Big 12 championship, and I don't mean like I think just playing in it, but they have to win it, obviously, then they should be in. Yeah, still on that on what happened to Alabama's ass in Tuscaloosa earlier in the football season. That's just too bad. Glad they got better, but sorry about the loss. Yeah, look, obviously, if Alabama loses to Georgia in the SEC title game, oh, yeah. none of this conversation matters because that would be Alabama's second loss. But would and- I? But I ever? But would I ever want to go face to face with Alabama at this time of the year? Texas versus Alabama? Not a chance. No. I'd play them again. Why not? No. I'd play them again. You would. You you yeah. would, you would like that game? Sure. Well, if it happens, it will happen in the playoffs. So. I understand. But do you? What What do you think the outcome of that game would be? It wouldn't be it wouldn't be like it was in Tuscaloosa, I don't believe, right now. No, I wouldn't feel as good without Jonathan Brooks for Texas. Um, but if if it was fully healthy Texas versus fully healthy Alabama, which obviously we could not live in an alternate universe where that would happen right. at any point this year, uh, I would feel fine about Texas's chances. I mean, shit, almost beat him last year with an eight and five football team. Did beat him by ten this year. And what was the conversation leaving that game? Oh, man, if Texas so made a couple of plays, yeah, they right. would have won by 17 or 20. So, uh, I don't I don't know. Like, I wouldn't sit here and guarantee a win if they played again. But uh, it's amazing, right? Everyone's holding the last two weeks against Texas. Even though, you know, they beat a ranked team with a backup quarterback two weeks right. ago. For some reason, that's, oh, Texas escaped. They survived. That's not a good one. They beat a really good K-State team with a backup quarterback. That should be a plus for Absolutely. Texas. Oh my well, that's God. what I said. Yeah, they've they've beat, they've had two wins with the backup quarterback. They had to come in, hadn't played. Right, and, and one of them they was by thirty. Play. By the way, like yeah. you can't hold the BYU game against Texas. They beat them thirty-five to six. That was a beatdown. So look, last week the TCU game, a four and six team. You had a twenty-point lead. You let them get back into it. Uh, that's not great. But I, I'm not like you shouldn't be holding the K State game oh, no. against Texas. That's a joke to me. And then what about Alabama? Like how how quickly we forget. Whenever Alabama does anything wrong, we just forget. It's like ah, they're Alabama. God, they're so good. They don't do anything wrong. Look at what they did to Kentucky in football. Oh, all of a sudden Kentucky's a football school now. Congrats. Look at what they did to LSU. LSU three loss LSU team that can't play defense. They couldn't stop you or me inside a phone booth. We're praising them for that. Do we forget that you know Alabama barely beat South Florida? Oh, yeah. A week after they played Texas, and you say, well, that was non con, VK. Do we forget that Alabama blew a big lead against Arkansas and only won that game by three? 
Arkansas sucks. Oh, no, the, the, the talk of Alabama is the fact that they, they're, they're, they're the guy that they end up having as their starting quarterback is just finally figuring it out now. But that's everybody else's fault. Do we forget that? Do we forget that Alabama barely beat Texas A&M, who just fired its coach, and A&M was playing with a backup quarterback in that game? Do we, like, why, why does none of that matter for Alabama? Why does it only matter for Texas? Why does none of it matter for Alabama? Oh, no, it should matter. Like those, those games that, literally were, were right before. I know, once again, they beat Tennessee pretty good. They beat Kentucky. They beat LSU. Alabama's playing well. I'm not arguing against that. But we can't sit here and act like Alabama has played one eh game this year, and that was the loss to Texas. They have also had some stinkers. They have also had some games where they've barely skated by to get wins against not-so-good teams. I don't understand why nobody's talking about that, but everybody is bringing that up every time the long oh, they're all, Yeah, And they're bringing up the fact that Alabama – should be getting ready to skip over Texas, which I'm like, that can't be. Can't be. No. Like that's, that game. That game was played this that year. Right? Happened, not, yeah. not last year. That game was no. this year. Yes. It wasn't one of those where Texas got close last year. That was this year. And they beat them by 10 and should have beat them by more. So you don't get to that's That's not a do over where Alabama's gotten better as the season has progressed. You know, that shouldn't happen. Well, so is Texas, Texas, has gotten better the fact that they lost their starting quarterback and they still won two games yeah. over good teams. So, well, over one good team. Right. I mean, it would be oh, – other... Right. TCU is not very good. They did play for a national championship last year. I will say that. But that was last year. This yeah, is this no year. Good. Um, yeah. I mean, I, like there can't be a scenario where Alabama keeps Texas out of the playoff. No. Just I'm, I'm sorry. Like you brought it up earlier. What happens if Alabama beats Georgia? Right. Both Alabama and Texas have to be in. You, you cannot leave Texas out of the playoff for Alabama. That'd be a joke. And maybe it'd be a fitting joke and a fitting way to end the four-team playoff era in college football for them to do something as ridiculous as that. But you, you cannot leave Texas out in favor of Alabama in any scenario this season. It, it just it can't happen. And yeah, let's go Oregon State. Yep. Yep. Well, that's yeah. That's root for some chaos. None of this matters, I guess, if none of the other teams start to lose, right? Yeah, including Texas. Texas. Right. And obviously, yeah, Texas has to take care of its business. If the Longhorns go out there and lay an egg in Ames on Saturday, then all of this discussion is going to feel like a huge waste of time. But matter win to- by one now. I'm not looking for point spread. I'm looking for wins now. The next two weeks, just win. Well. I don't know about I don't you don't need the beauty that you don't you just need to win you just need to get to the championship game and win the championship game. Well, I, no I, matter I, who you play in that. You don't think you need style points? I mean, we're having I, this discussion because I know Texas I, I lack the style points. Now that you got now that now that college football is going to see that you know there are some people. Mel Kiper had you know Brooks is the number one running back in the nation. You know the number one guy, and mm-hmm. so you're going to be you're going to be missing your best offensive player. You find a way to get to the championship game and win those and win that game, fine. If you if you just can win the next two games and get to that game without that guy playing, because that's what I worry about. Yeah, I mean, look, it would obviously help for Texas to get some style points, but if they win their next three games, they're going to give themselves a right. chance for right. sure. So I, I I mean I would love to win yeah, one loss team. I would love to win and cover in all three of these games because resume comparison is something that clearly matters. And there are already discussions about moving Texas down because of some close wins 
that they've had. So you keep stacking close wins, you keep escaping, then there are going to be more people seemingly against the Longhorns being a playoff team. So it's definitely better to get your cake and get to eat it too, right? To win these games and to win comfortably. But yeah, you know, the number one goal for this Texas team this year was to win the Big 12 championship. And in that regard, yeah, you can win these last two games by a single point and you'll get to Arlington. And obviously you can win that game by a single point and then you'll be crowned a Big 12 champion. So, uh, yeah, look, find a way to win. That's what matters first and foremost. You obviously hope the uh, the other chips fall where they need to fall for you to make it to the CFP. But the big thing is, yeah, you just keep winning games. You just keep taking care of your business, keep stacking W's, and uh, that will get you a conference title. And hopefully that gets you a chance to compete for a national championship. Well, the two, the, the, the two mean mothers, Georgia and Michigan right now, they got a mad on and they're looking and, and they're not just beating people. They're tearing the spreads apart. I mean, they're just going, they're going, going nuts on teams. And now, you know, Georgia's playing their tight end is back playing in the game. So that's kind of scary too. Yeah. And those are the two best teams, right? Sure. Like I know Ohio state right now is ranked ahead of Michigan. And of course those two teams will play. So we'll learn next weekend who's better, but uh, I test wise, I, I think it's clear that, you know, Georgia and Michigan are, are one, two right now in college football. So I expect both of them to be in, right? Like I expect yeah. Georgia to win out. I expect Michigan to win out and that will be your number one and number two seeds, probably in that order when we get to the CFP. So I think it's all of these other teams from, you know, Ohio State to Oregon to Washington to Florida State to Texas to Alabama. Like, all of those teams, to me, are fighting for two spots right now. Yeah, I mean, what I'd hate to see is is Ohio State get beat, still make it to the college playoff, and Texas gets thrown out the window on that. Oh, I mean, if, if, if Ohio State loses before the Big Ten title game and Texas wins out, Ohio State's not getting in over Texas. No I hope not. Nah, it's, it's not happening. Like... Uh, you each have one loss. One team's won a conference championship. The other team didn't even make it to the conference championship. And Texas's win in Tuscaloosa will be better than any win Ohio State's had because Ohio State wouldn't have beaten Michigan. Like, what's Ohio State? Ohio State's best win right now is Notre Dame. Notre Dame's lost three times. Okay, that's that's not better than winning on the road at Penn, Alabama. Penn State. Yeah, Penn State. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Penn State. Two lost. Penn State. No. Who, yeah, no. So I don't think you have to worry too much about that scenario. But uh, a lot going on. New CFP rankings were dropped last night. Once again, not a lot of change. You did have Georgia jump Ohio State, so the Bulldogs back at number one. But Texas, of course, still number seven. Uh, three straight weeks, the Longhorns have been ranked seventh in the CFP rankings. And uh, obviously, we'll see what happens over the course of the next few weeks before we get to Selection Sunday. Yeah, the other Selection Sunday when the real Final Four will be announced. All right, Buck, before we uh, kind of deep dive into Texas, Iowa State and talk more about some of the other happenings around the world of football, uh, how about some shout outs to some of our sponsors? How about relax the back, folks? For years and years, I looked for the right support for my back and nothing gave me the comfort my back needed. Then I discovered relax the back, live pain free, sold. And I love relax the back. I love the chair that I've been in for years and years. And it's given me the kind of support that my thoracic back needed after having thoracic back surgery. But it also helps my lumbar. It helps my shoulders. And you can find that same support, too. They've got zero-gravity recliners. They've got the stand-up desk, of course, Tempur-Pedic mattresses and Tempur-Pedic pillows. They've got everything that you need, office chairs, desks, all the accessories that you need at Relax the Bat. Folks, two locations uh, in the Hill Country Gallery across from Whole Foods and in Austin at the Gateway Shopping Center across from the Container Store, of course. Live pain-free. 
just like the buck at Relax the Back. Amen, amen, amen. Shout out to Relax the Back and shout out to our guy Tom McKay over at AV Consultations. Hi, this is Tom McKay with Audiovisual Consultations. Scientific data proves it. Size does matter. The bigger and wider your television is, the better. Football season is here and the time is now to get your entire audio video experience tuned up and ready. New flat screens, projection video, Dolby True HD surround, all the goodies at great prices and followed up with great service. So call us at 255-8678. That's 255-8678 or on the web at avconsultations.com. And of course, Dr. Eckert, you know, as I've been talking about over the last couple of days, I'm digging in my teeth and trying to get stuff out with my little flosser there. And I'm the worst at that. You know what I'm saying? All I do is make gaps in my teeth and these beautiful veneers that I got six years ago with Dr. Eckert. But folks, if you're interested in finding out if you would like to have these beautiful veneers or dental implants, how about leaving with a smile in just one day? Give them a call at 512-345-3166 and find out if you're a candidate for dental implants because you do want to have that smile. You know, with the holidays coming up, you got to take those selfies, got to send grandma those selfies. I'm going to have these right here looking good. And if you got dental anxiety, IV sedation, they will knock you smooth out so they can get all that stuff fixed up for you because you don't want to let dental, your dental care screw up the rest of your health. And it will, believe me, if you don't get that done. And Dr. Ecker's been doing this for about 28 years right now in general dentistry, teeth cleaning, teeth whitening, tooth loss solution, extractions, whatever you need to have done, they do it all. And he will be taking on new patients in 2024. But if you need to get something done before the holidays, Let's start doing it now, and especially if you've got that dental insurance. Give him a call today at 512-345-3166. He's our dentist. He should be your dentist also. Not only do you have to brush your fake teeth, you've got to floss your fake teeth too. you got to do all that stuff. you got to make sure that you don't get any gummy bears or any gummies whatsoever in between those teeth. So you got to watch do? out for that stuff. How often? That? Go ahead. I'm a flosser. How often do I floss? Yeah. How often do I get those gummies between my teeth? Well, I feel I like the gummies, gummies. I get the gummies every day. I take all kinds of stuff. I take elderberry gummies. I take vitamin C gummies. You know, I take, um, what is that? Um, collagen gum. I take collagen gummies. I take about seven or eight different gummy pills a day. I'm not thinking about the ones that doc, my doc, doc Trey takes. They're a little bit different than those gummies. No, you don't want any part of those. No, no. What's uh elderberry? What the hell is an elderberry? Is it just you're old, so you've got to take them? Yeah, it's just an old berry. Mm, I guess that checks out. Right the elderly, there. elderberry. How often do you floss then? You didn't answer that question. Uh, I floss probably three times a week, like real floss and get in there. Okay. Get in there like with the towel in your back. I don't like picking around in my teeth. I don't want to make stuff that there's no reason to be picking at, you know? You make that noise when you floss? Oh, like the machine? Yeah. I do a lot of my toothbrush. <laughs> I do make that sound, yes. Oh, man. Yeah, I floss twice a day, man. Twice a day? You do the, uh, the water flosser in the morning, you know, that thing that, like, shoots water super oh, yeah. quick in your gums? Pick, yeah. And then I use, like, the little pick floss guys at night. I just, got myself, I just got myself really an electric toothbrush. I've always liked the regular two. I'm just that the old fashioned toothbrush guy. Change mm-hmm. out my toothbrush probably every other month or so. But I got electric toothbrush now. Like for when I go on the road, I I kind of like that. I like the way that thing rounds off everything, gets on, it gets in your gums. Because the regular toothbrush, you know, you don't know. Someday if you start jamming stuff back in there, mm. that's no good either. Got yeah, no control. Sometimes you don't have any control. 
sort of like my driver yesterday. Mm, start jamming stuff back in there. Yeah, here we go. No. lose control. <laughs> Tips and for kids you in the car the, line, huh? And you forget to pull out. That, oh, no. Oh, come on, kids. That could be dangerous. Unless you're, unless you're hanging out with a woman who's always wearing a permanent condom, who dresses in a condom outfit, you don't have to worry then. Uh, you, know, that woman. you don't have to worry about pulling out if no, uh, heck no. your significant other looks like this. Call me a bitch again. <laughs> Call me a bitch again. Yeah, you, I did nothing wrong. No, you shut the up. You shut the up Goodbye. in here. Goodbye. You shut the film me. I'm Instagram famous. Bum. Famous. <laughs> I wear a condom as an outfit. <laughs> That's what comes with being Instagram famous, Buck. You, right. you get to wear uh, Trojan condoms out That's in public wherever you go. Wow, lady. Yeah, film me. I'm Instagram famous, you effing bum. <laughs> Still something I hope to say and mean at some point in my there life. There you go. God, must be nice. All right, there's uh, a video. How about this video? So I think most Texas fans have seen this over the last, I don't know, 12 hours or so. An Iowa State offensive lineman by the name of Jared Hufford was interviewed up in Ames. And, you know, Texas does this. Every team does this. They interview the coach. They interview a few players. And, okay, nothing new. No surprise there. But uh, Jared Hufford was asked about getting to play Texas one final time before the Longhorns make the move to the SEC. This is a little bit more than a minute long. But he took some shots at the Longhorns, and he had some strong words to say about this game coming up this Saturday. Check it out. It's definitely going to be one heck of a farewell present. You know, I think especially they're going to come in here on senior night in the dark. You know, I don't think they really know what is going to be coming for them. I think they'll have to come out and figure it out. But I think just uh, the Cyclone community names, you know, when it comes to night games, especially against Texas, you know, they've only – They've what well, we beat them four out of the last five times they've been here. So they don't have a good record here. Uh, we have a very distasteful in our mouth for them. You know, definitely want to send them off the SEC with a with a loss on our end. But you know, it's gonna be a good game. Tell us more about that distaste for them. Oh yeah, it's just you know, ever since I got here, it was Iowa and Texas. That was kind of the thing, and uh, you know, the horns down all the time and whatnot. But it's just you know that program. Much like Oklahoma, you know, they get all the big five-star recruits. They have all the nicest stuff in the world, and they just they just think they're, uh, you know, they don't stink, uh, put in layman's terms. But, uh, you know, they're just humans, and that's how I see them. You know, they're just people that have such a high ego that needs to be checked. What is that, another psych major at Iowa State? Or you didn't get caught up in the gambling? They, they didn't ask you to join in and bet on some games of parlay or something? You're angry? And what if, why are we going to be in the dark? Don't they have lights at the stadium when they get up here in the dark? What the hell does that mean? Mm. Is this game going to be played with people holding candles in their cell phones or something? They didn't pay the bills there? Uh, this is like the other, like the radio station I worked for or something? <laughs> I mean, the lights are going to go off? What the hell is that? I think the lights will be on at Jack Tri Stadium on Saturday night. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Jared Hufford taking some shots at the University of Texas. Um, and then saying that it's Iowa and Texas. Those are the two teams that Iowa State players are taught to hate. And look, Iowa State's had some success against the Longhorns in recent years. He's not wrong there, uh, although the stat that he gave was wrong because Iowa State has not won four of the last five against Texas in Ames. They've won three of the last four 
against Texas and Ames, and they've only beaten Texas and Ames three times total uh, over the course of uh, this matchup. But look, regardless, I'm not bragging about that because Iowa State has been good against Texas. And forget just Ames, Iowa State has won three of the last four games overall against the Longhorns, right? Texas won the game here in Austin last year by three. Texas was a 16-point favorite, and they had to hold on for dear life at the end to get the win. That's the only time the Longhorns have beaten Iowa State since 2018. So uh, it's been a while, and Iowa State has been better than Texas, or at least they've had Texas's number in the Matt Campbell era. Uh, but, yeah, there's uh, some definite bulletin board material. If, if uh, Texas was looking for something, they should be motivated already, right? A uh, chance to you know win these last two yeah. games and make it to the Big 12 championship. That ser- should have served as enough fuel to be amped up and ready to go for this game on Saturday. But, man, if I'm Steve Sarkeesian, I am just – Blaring that on repeat in the locker room between now and Saturday. Is Brees going to be carrying the ball for them anymore? Just make sure, just to make sure you're ready. Uh, Brees Hall, no, he is okay. uh, with the New York Jets. To make sure, yeah, he is. Uh, you know, gone. The, the gamblers, who knows what they got going on up there? It's now that they don't have any lights. Now that we got to come up here and play in the dark. What the hell is that? Oh, they're coming up here to play in the dark. No, they're not playing in the dark. You idiot. Seriously. <laughs> That was your big takeaway from that? Yeah, I mean, I mean, when he first said that, I'm like, well, they're coming up here in the door. I'm like, what is this, a scary, spooky place or something? It could be a football field. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Iowa State uh, has been pretty good at home in recent years. I think they're 7-3 and three in their last 10 home Are they games. Children of, children of the Corn Part 2 after Iowa now? I don't know, man. I don't know. So you're not worried about this game on Saturday? No, I'm worried about all the games. I'm not, I'm I'm worried about all the games before even getting to a playoff without your which are your best offensive player. He's not playing. He's done for the year. Okay. It's, the ball is going to be in the hands. Now this whole deal is going to be in the hands of the head coach. And what is he going to do? How is he going to make his tight end become a a genuine threat on offense? How is that going to happen? Is he going to make him a genuine threat, or is he going to catch a couple balls and say we should have got the ball to him more on Monday? Mm-hmm. No, that guy has to be – somebody has to put up the numbers that you're not going to get at running back. Right. I'm with you on that. I – um, you know, Gerard Hurd uh, – Gerard Hufford, not Gerard Hurd, or Jared Hufford. J-A-R-R-O-D. I don't know. You saw the guy. It's definitely Jared. That guy's not a yes, Gerard. he's Jared. Yeah, who spells Jared like that? J-A-R-R-O-D? That's a problem. Gerard does. Yeah, this guy uh, is going up against Devondre Sweat and Byron Murphy, right? Yeah, okay, good luck. Interior offensive lineman. So, uh, yeah, good luck to you, Mr. Hufford, in that matchup. But, uh, hey, look, I mean, we've talked about it all year long. Like, Texas is going to get everybody's best shot this year in particular because it's the last time that most of these teams will get the chance to play Texas for the foreseeable future. So, it's no surprise that this type of stuff is being talked about by opposing teams. I think this is the first time we've had a player come out and actually say something this harsh about Texas. Uh, and we'll see, you know, we'll see how Texas responds in this instance. But well, yeah, uh, if you believe it, say it. I mean, and he believes it and he's, they've had the best of Texas. So why not say, Hey, it? I'm always cool with trash talk. Like, Okay, use this as motivation. Use this as fuel. And if Iowa state wins this game, then Hey, Jared Hufford's going to look right. And That's right. Everything you said about Texas in that cut is going to be accurate. Now, if Texas goes in there and beats Iowa State, then every Texas fan is going to be tagging Hufford in tweets and Instagram posts and saying, 
I remember how you said that. Remember how we weren't going to be ready for this matchup. Remember how we couldn't handle playing in the dark at Iowa State. And then we just went in there and kicked your ass, idiot. Remember dark with your cell phones lit up. Yeah. 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 So I, look, I, I'd never, I never want to. Uh, get rid of trash talk like I think that's something that makes sports great you know like bring it that's awesome that's great and yeah Iowa State has had Texas's number in recent years so they should be able to uh, talk a little bit of trash but hey that's go in there and shut them up that's the way you get people to stop talking trash like if, if Texas was really good over the last 12 years if Texas was you know three and one in their last four against Iowa State if Texas was three and one in their last four at Iowa State instead of one and three then, okay, Iowa State's probably not talking some trash. So, right. okay, how do you get them to shut up? You go in there and win this game on Saturday. It's as simple as that. They need all the motivation they can get. That's that's what they need. And if that helps you a little bit, then so be it. I mean, it's just a game. You're going to have to get on the field and prove it anyway. No matter what you say before the game, you still have to prove it, you know, when the game starts. And if they can prove it, then they've had the best of Texas over the last couple of years playing there. So, it shouldn't be anything. It shouldn't be anything big to you. You don't have to talk about it. You just have done it. So, but it has to be done on the field. Yeah. It's what it's, to me. It's what Texas is going to do and how they're going to solve a, a major problem of not having a major running back playing this week. Mm-hmm. You know, for the first time all year. Now he yep. didn't start. He didn't start the year because Texas didn't think he was good enough to be the starting running back. So the guy that you're now going to make the starter that you thought was good has to be fantastic the next two weeks. Right. The next three weeks. Yeah. Look, it's it's gonna be a challenge. I mean, Iowa State's a solid football team. They're six and four. Uh they're four and two. They're five and two in the Big Twelve. Excuse me. They're a game back of Texas. They're tied for second place in this conference, and they've got an opportunity to get to Jerry World if they can win this game this weekend. So they've got a ton to play for here. And uh yeah, I mean it's gonna be a challenge for the Longhorns for sure. And obviously the challenge gets even tougher without having Jonathan Brooks. Uh, Iowa State's good. They're really solid defensively. They're number one in the Big 12 in total defense, uh, and their defensive scheme is predicated on trying to force you to run the football. So, like, Texas is going to have to show the ability to be able to run the football consistently well without Jonathan Brooks. And, yeah, that's going to require the offensive line to step up and play really well. But, obviously, C.J. Baxter and Jaden Blue and Keelan Robinson, maybe a little bit of Savion Red, those guys are going to have to up their game to uh, to offset – the loss of Jonathan Brooks. And their offense is not – this isn't the best offense Texas will have seen this season. No, 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 no. Iowa State's offense is iffy. Uh, Rocco Becht has gotten better as the year has progressed. Um, but, no, this is not uh, the best offense that Texas has seen in the yeah, Big Yeah, they're going to thrive on emotions for a while in this football game until this defense starts wearing them out and forcing the quarterback to throw every down because they can't run the football. This is the defensive line game right here. This is a line of scrimmage game especially on the defensive end for Texas, I believe. Yeah, 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 yeah. You got to win the battle of physicality. I mean, when Texas has played well this year, they've been the more physical team up front. Uh, They've been able to get a consistent pass rush. They've been able to stop opposing teams running attacks. When they haven't played well, not so much. I mean, just think of the last two weeks, right? Obviously, two wins for the Longhorns. But when things were going well against K-State and TCU – Texas was winning up front. The Texas defensive line was able to get a consistent pass rush to force the opposing quarterbacks into some mistakes. Texas was able to win on the offensive line. They were able to run the ball effectively when they wanted to. But when things have started to fall apart, 
uh, it's that's kind of falling apart, right? Texas couldn't get that same pressure in the second half against TCU. They couldn't yeah. get that same pressure in the second half against K-State. And obviously the offense went into a little bit of a tailspin, and part of that had to do with the O-line just not getting the same push. So, yeah, games are won and lost in the trenches. This game is going to be no different. You've got to uh, win the battle of physicality on the lines of scrimmage. And if you do that, then you're going to find a way to win and you're going to keep your CFP and Big 12 title hopes alive. And you've got your quarterback who now will be going into week number two coming back. And I thought he did a fantastic job last week because I was expecting him not not to be – I was expecting that shoulder to be a little bit sore. I didn't think it it would be as strong as what we saw. So this week I expected to be a little bit better and him to be back on target a little bit better too with his receivers. So – you know, they've got they've they got to stop the run game, but they better be able to stop the passing game, too. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Quinn Ewers, uh, you're going to need more from him as well. I thought he played pretty well. I did. All things, all things considered uh, against TCU last week. Missed a couple of throws. Obviously, the interception that he threw floated in the air for way too long. I don't think you saw the exact same zip on the Quinn Ewers ball no. that we had seen. And uh, got, later in the game, it just got his, his arm started getting a little tired, which you, you should have been expecting. Yeah, yeah, as, yeah. The, as the night wore on, it got a little bit colder. But that arm was going to get, you know, was going to get a little bit stiffer. It didn't have the, quite the zip he had on early. You know, that adrenaline is going pretty good in that first half. You go in there and then sit down for a while, cool off, and come back out there. It's a little bit, di- it's a little bit different. You start yeah. throw a couple lollipops up there. You know, not olipops, but lollipops. So yeah, I mean, it's the yeah. same. It's the same conversation that we had when when Quinn Ewers went down. Right, everybody else has to step up. So. Sure. We said Texas's running game needed to be better when Quinn Ewers got hurt. Well, now the passing game needs to be better because Jonathan Brooks is hurt. So, For of sure. course, you, you can't be one-dimensional. You've got to be able to run the football, and if Texas can't, that's going to be a big problem because even if Quinn Ewers were fully healthy, I'd be a little bit nervous about him having to put the entire team on his back and leading Texas to a win against the number one passing defense in the conference right now. Uh, but – you know, Quinn, you would think is going to have to do a little bit more because Jonathan Brooks isn't going to be there, right? You would think this run game takes a little bit of a step back against Iowa State without Jonathan Brooks, who's been one of the best runners in all of college football this year, which means, yeah, your quarterback and your passing game as a whole, they've got to pick up their play to mitigate what you might be losing on the ground. So, yeah, because those linebackers in that 3-3, whatever they're going to be playing, uh, they're going to take a step back to get back into coverage. Now, I, I, they've got to feel like, we don't have to be as close to the line. I think they're probably thinking, you know, with a new running back in there, we can back up just a little bit more now. We don't have to be we don't have to be as tight to the line if Jonathan Brooks is playing in there. Yeah. Now we can back up into coverage a little bit more in our in our in our defensive front may be able to handle the running game. So we'll see how that plays out early in the football game. And that's why I, I just believe Blue is that guy who can can really, really, really puncture you and really get into your secondary too. If you're way back there as linebackers, that kid can go if he can find a crease, but now guys are going to have to find creases. Now they're not Jonathan Brooks can make a hole. I mean, he made guys miss in tight quarters yep. and he made arm tackles just, I mean, he would run right through an arm tackle. And even if you were a good tackler, he avoided those good tacklers. He just had a way he had nice body lean. Uh, the young guy right now at running back now has enough games under his belt where he needs, I mean, he's a punishing type of runner that we know has breakaway speed. This may be a, a punishing type of game, those four-yard runs, and that's fine. Yeah. That, that is fine. If you can, that guy can muster up a way to, to average four yards a carry, you should be just fine in this game. You talk about the broken tackles, right? Jonathan Brooks was so good at that, man. Oh, yeah. I mean, you, you, you've talked about this all season long, his ability to turn 
what should be a three-yard run into a oh, five- yeah. or six-yard run, or his ability to turn a negative play into a positive play. Uh, he was one of the best in the country. He was amongst the nation's leaders in forced tackles missed this year. C.J. Baxter just hasn't been that guy. Um, he's gotten better in that yeah. stat over the there last year. has to be year. a hole for him. Right, yeah, but he just hasn't shown the ability to to make a hole, right, or to just to, to turn something that shouldn't be good into something that is really good. So you're going to need to see that, man. You're going to need to see that this weekend. Um, cause, you're going to yeah. need to see that this weekend, next weekend, and for the remainder of the football season. He has, Every practice he has to get a little bit better now. He has to grow up in a hurry. And I think he's grown, I think he's grown up a lot, but – now, as a as a real live starter, not as a guy who goes in, gets hit, comes up limping, and then somebody else goes in and has to be in most of the game. He is the guy now. He needs yep. to understand he is the guy. He's got to he's got to show some maturity at running back now, including taking care of the ball, picking up the blitzes. He's got a big old body, but that big old body needs to to get up in there and get you four yards, four yep. and five yards. You know what I'm saying? And I like blue. I just, I just do. I, I liked him back in the spring. There was something about his explosion, you know, that I, that that the way he exploded into tackles for a little guy. I mean, he can take hits, but he he can still get you some of that extra yards. And if he gets on the outskirts, if you let him on the perimeter, he can really, really hurt you. You know, Texas doesn't do a lot on the perimeter. They're they're do a lot on the perimeter is screens, quick screens, that old bullshit out there to the wide receiver stuff, where you're hoping a wide receiver will get a block and you can get loose. That's what they use as their perimeter plays. But I think with Blue, I think with this guy, you can get him on sweeps and things like that, counters where he has a two-way go inside or outside that can hurt the defense. Yeah, I mean, Jaden Blue lost a fumble early in the season. I think it was that Rice game, and it kind of felt like he was in the doghouse for a little bit. Obviously, you know, Jonathan Brooks and C.J. Baxter were ahead of him on the depth chart, so – Maybe that's more of the reason why we didn't see a ton of Jaden Blue earlier in the year. But uh, he has played a little bit more over the last couple of weeks. He's averaging 5.8 yards a carry there on you the go. season. Now, a lot of that run has been in mop-up duty. Um, so I don't know if that's a, a super fair thing to look at. But C.J. Baxter at 4.5 yards a carry, Jaden Blue at 5.8 yards a carry. I think you'd sign up for either of those numbers right now. right? Like if, if uh, C.J. Baxter can average 4.5 yards a carry this weekend, okay, that's fine. And it's like Sark says with the passing, his numbers are now going to increase. That 4.5, his number of carries will increase. So yep. to get 4.5, that's that's a big deal if he can do that. Yeah, let's hear uh, Steve Sarkeesian talking about this Iowa State defense. You brought it up earlier. They run a 3-3-5. It's kind of designed to force you to run the football. Here's Sark sort of breaking down what Iowa State does defensively. What Iowa State does is they probably play it at its most purest form. Um, they really stick to it. They believe in it. Now they do a nice job of disguising and tying together the, the, the intricacies within the scheme, the disguising of coverages, the pressures based on formations and personnels. But they know it so well, and all of those players have grown up in it. Um, they've, had to, they've had to go through some of the growing pains when you put something new in. They did that years ago. Uh, so you have to be very detailed. Um, you, you have to be very deliberate in what you're trying to do. Um, our players need to understand it, and then they need to understand that this isn't just what they do. They have a variety of things that come off of what they do. And so, um, like I said, they do a great job. I think they do a great job of playing complementary football. You know, they, uh, they believe in running the ball. They believe in a, in a, in a ball-control style offense. And so 
because they make you earn it offensively and then they possess the ball on offense, they don't turn it over, they start to limit your possessions. And so you have to be really efficient offensively and, and every possession you have to, there's, there's real value in those possessions. It's different than when you're playing a TCU who still runs that defense, but their offense is going as fast as they can go. So you end up with 75 plays like we had the other night. Then you can live through some of that. These guys, we, we may get 50, 55 plays Saturday night, and so we need to make sure that, that we make the most of those opportunities and make them count. There's no doubt. This is the three-three-five defense that everybody was going around college football looking for, you know, looking to them and trying to find out how do you play this defense, what do you do? They're kind of the originators of this about five or six years ago of how do you play this defense, and they come off of different variations of that defense, you know what I mean, to, to, to get into two high safeties and – and whatever they need, and whatever they need to do uh, against your offense, they come off of everything up off this, this three-man front. So, yep, you've got to be patient. You can't get, you can't let, you can't let this defense expose you. But you've got to be patient with your run. You still have to run the ball at them. There's three down linemen. Exploit them with your big offensive line. Run them right into those secondary. Run them into those linebackers that are back to four yards or five yards. That's fine. You know, crease them. You know, double team those three dudes. Yep. Even without Jonathan Brooks, you got to yes. put an emphasis on running the football, right? Our guy Tom McKay texted in on the code of text line 512-222-9328. This week is primed to run. Run until they stack the box and then let it fly. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you still need to try to do that, right? I mean, don't bang your head against the wall. If you're not having success running, then okay. Then you got to try to find other ways to move the football down the yeah, field. You can't let a single defensive lineman take up two of your offensive line. The only time they should take take up two of them is when they get double teamed back into your secondary. Right. That's about yeah. it. Yeah, you should be able to run the football against this group. And once again, Iowa State's pass defense is number one in the Big 12. So uh, they've been really, really good defending the pass with that 3-3-5 defense. You mentioned it, John Haycock, their defensive coordinator. He sort of invented this, patented this, mm -hmm. and defensive coordinators from all over the country at all levels of football have been flying into Ames, Iowa. It still blows my mind that uh, in yeah, the Iowa State's in the defense. Dark. Yeah, well, that's too scary in the dark, apparently. So they've probably been coming during the daytime. <laughs> they've, been, they've been going to Ames, Iowa to learn how to call this revolutionary defense that uh, yeah, has been adopted by a ton of different teams across college football in recent years. Uh, but still, once again, you should be able to run the football against it. And, and, and Sark's right with his breakdown there. Like TCU – is fourth in the country in plays per game run on offense. Iowa State is 113th. So your possessions are going to matter because you're not going to be able to get the ball as much because Iowa State likes to bleed the clock. They want to run the football. They want long five, six, seven-minute yes. drives on offense, whereas TCU, they wanted the ball. They wanted to score as quickly as they possibly could. Like That's just what Kendall Bryles likes to do. Uh, Iowa State – they want to milk the clock, which means you're not going to get the football as much, which means, yeah, you have to make the most of every possession that you have on Saturday. I expect this to be a low-scoring game. Uh, Texas failed to reach 30 points for the first time last seat, or last week, uh, and they got the 29. They almost got there. But I think this is a game that's probably played in the 20s on Saturday, which means, yeah, you've got to take the points when you have the opportunity to take the points, Sark, but also – You've got to make sure that you are capitalizing every time you touch the football because uh, you might not be getting the ball 15 times like you have in some games. You don't want to lose to this team because then this there's another Campbell's name that will start to show up at Texas A&M, and you may end up seeing him again. 
So, Ooh, you don't, think Matt Campbell's going to be in the mix at oh, Aggieland? Oh, he beats Texas, a one-loss Texas team? Mm. Yeah, he'll start, his name will pop up there. And, you know, that guy's always been rumored to go to have some really big, big-time jobs, and he's just decided this is my program in the dark up here because it's scary. So this would be a, this would be this is a great opportunity for this guy to be in the mix of that job. Oh, that's interesting. I hadn't thought about that. And we pulled up the um, Vegas odds for who's going to be Jimbo's replacement yesterday. And Matt Campbell wasn't even on the list. Like there were like twenty to twenty-five coaches who were, and Matt yeah. Campbell was not one of them. Beat Texas, and he's back. He's on that list. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, because like you said, a couple of years ago, Matt Campbell was rumored to be in the mix for a number of big jobs and. People, myself included, called him an idiot for staying at Iowa State. Even though that's the Lions that offered him a bunch of money before Dan Campbell. They offered that guy like a boatload of money. Huge contract. Yeah. And he turned it down to stay at Iowa State. And like that was admirable because there's not a lot of loyalty in sports these days. Uh, Coaches, players, it doesn't matter. And he turned every job offer and a bunch of interviews down to stick it out at Iowa State. But it feels like his stock has fallen in a big way, right? A few years ago, it was like, this guy's the hottest commodity in Absolutely. coaching. Everybody wanted to have that guy on their – they wanted that guy as their head coach. Yeah, and then now it's it's been eh, not so much because the last couple of years haven't been great up there in Ames. But, yeah, he gets a win this weekend. He finds a way to get Iowa State to the Big 12 championship game despite the cheating scandal and how many players they lost right before the year started. Then – I don't know if it's A&M, but some other schools will be reaching out. Maybe Michigan State, somebody like that. They reach sure. to uh, to get an interview with Matt Campbell. That's an interesting thought right there. All right, keep the text coming, 512-222-9328. That's the code of text line. Of course, uh, you can hit us up on the YouTube comments line as well. Our man CB says Matt Campbell turned down $68.5 million from the Detroit line. What? A couple of years ago, yeah, to stay in Ames, Iowa. That guy needs to check into a mental institution. <laughs> doing something like that. My that he's making God. so much money gambling. Yeah, I guess, <laughs> that's probably it, yeah. He didn't need the extra money from his contract because he was putting uh, his current contract on black or on oh my God. some random team to win in college football every Saturday. And he was letting it ride and making all sorts of cash. So, there is an interesting text I want to get to on the Coda text line in a minute. But before we do that, Buck, how about a shout-out to, what, Covert, BKF? Uh, how about Texas Orthopedics? If you're huh. seeking that specialized patient-focused orthopedic care, contact the group at or- Texas Orthopedics. Now, they, they do surgical and non-surgical treatments and orthopedic care for children and adults, spinal care, sports medicine, trauma care, and how about this, joint replacement, like the old Buck had with his knee, rheumatology, and even more. Christopher Danny, who I coached at the University of Texas, and Chris Stockton, who kicked at the University of Texas, are dedicated orthopedic surgeons, and their goal is to get you right back into good health and that great quality of life that you deserve. Texas Orthopedics is the largest independent orthopedic practice in the state of Texas. For more information, go to TXOrtho.com. Yes, indeed. Shout out Texas Orthopedics. Sorry for getting you all confused with Covert Bee Cave. That doesn't make sense. Uh, but shout out to Covert Bee Cave. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. For sure. Yeah, love those folks. I'll be out there a little bit later today. And, of course, we'll be out there this Saturday for our pregame show, getting you set for Texas and Iowa State. 7 p.m. kickoff, which means our pregame show will be from 4.30 to 6.30 on Saturday right here. Two hours? We do two hours? Two hours. Not a lot of that going on. 
No, not a lot of that going on. But we got that going on right here at Texas Sports Unfiltered. Shout out to Cobra B Cave. And also shout out to our friends at Great Blue Heron Furniture. That's right. Great Blue Heron Furniture, a custom leather furniture company that started in 1991. Longhorn-owned company. Most of the manufacturing is done right here in the great state of Texas, so you are supporting local when you buy something from greatblueheronfurniture.com. Gorgeous couches, recliners, ottomans, chairs, bar stools, whatever. They've got it all. This stuff is beautiful, and it's also the highest quality furniture that you can find. I am telling y'all, you cannot and you will not find more stylish, more comfortable, and more well-built furniture anywhere in the universe than you will at greatblueheronfurniture.com. And if you use the promo code HOOKEM, that's right, HOOKEM, you type that in at checkout, you're going to get 15% off your purchase. That's right, 15% off at greatblueheronfurniture.com. All you have to do is type in HOOKEM when you check out. So if you're looking for furniture that looks amazing and is built to last for decades, look no further than greatblueheronfurniture.com. Okay, a text on the code of text line, Buck, that gets us into two different conversations. A 512 number asks, do you expect Jonathan Brooks to be back next year, or do you think he's off to the NFL? Funny enough, you and I were talking about this before we started our show this morning. You mentioned it earlier during our show this morning that Mel Kuyper Jr. had Jonathan Brooks as his number one running back in the 2024 NFL draft. So with the year that Brooks was having, coupled with the fact that yeah, the number one draft guy was saying that he's going to be the number one running back off the board, you felt like, all right, maybe Jonathan Brooks was going to be on his way to the NFL at the conclusion of this season. But now all of a sudden, the torn ACL pops up, which means Jonathan Brooks is done for the year, and obviously he's going to have to rehab for the next few months Maybe more of a discussion about Jonathan Brooks returning to the 40 acres in 2024. Where are you at right now with that question? Well, I think it, it depends for, for a guy like that. It also depends on if your quarterback is coming back because that guy keeps a lot of pressure off you as a running back. And then moving into the SEC and running against those groups, those people every weekend is a little bit different than running against the, the groups in the Big 12 every weekend. Plus, if your quarterback decides he's coming back, that helps a lot. But if he decides he's leaving, that doesn't help you a lot because everybody's going to tee it up on you. So, and for him, he's not going to get, a, he won't be able to showcase his skills. He's not going to be able to run 40 times, you know, agility drills, catch balls, do things like that in the spring, unless there's a miracle that's going to happen here over the next four or five months that, yeah. that generally it doesn't happen for a running back. So, yeah, I, I could see him coming back, you know, for another year. He's got another year anyway. I mean, if I could see him coming back, to hone in his skills, to see how comfortable he can be with that knee. Now, do I expect him to be the same guy coming back the following year? I don't know. As I said, I think a lot will depend on who the quarterback is at Texas. The offensive line, those dudes are coming back. They got one more year, I believe, before some of those guys can start to take off banks. Like, he's got another year, right? Yep. So, I mean, he's going to be back. They'll be going into their third year. They, be, they could become just punishers when it comes to the run game. And then he really could showcase – that, you know, knee and all, that he's that type of back. You know, we, we've seen these guys come back. You know, I'm watching Bryce Hall now play for the Jets. That dude is back off of his knee surgery. But that's taken a while. And, you know, this is – this when, when people don't see in the NFL, running backs don't make that much anyway. And if you're banged up with a knee, they're going to want to see you move around before they take a chance on what you do. You can end up being a, what, 
a fifth rounder or a fourth rounder instead of a second round pick late first, mm-hmm. that that you've got to come back. I believe you got to come back. Now you don't have to come back. You can just rehab and run forties, you know, with your trainer and people can put all that stuff out, but it's still not taking a hit because you're going to have to get a hit on that leg and people are going to take shots and it's not the same running at the gym than it is on the football field. What are you doing watching the Jets? I had no choice to watch the Jets. Uh, I guess that game wasn't prime time this weekend. Yes, it yes. like the 18th time this year. Can we please stop putting the Jets in prime time? Oh, they got that great quarterback going on right now. Yeah, Jets Raiders. Who thought that was a good idea? Oh. Um, I don't think there's any chance Jonathan Brooks is leaving now. And you hit the nail on the head. Like The pre-draft process is really, really important to these guys. And Jonathan Brooks isn't going to be able to go through any of that. No. So obviously, he's put together a really, really good season, but he's not going to be able to showcase his stuff between now and the NFL draft. And like you said, I mean, there are going to be teams questioning how healthy he is. Well, that's right. You're, you're nervous. I, I know a torn ACL isn't what it used to be 30, 40 years ago, or it could have ended a career. I mean, we see guys in every sport come back from torn ACLs and look just as good as they did beforehand. And yeah, so there's definitely a chance that happens with Jonathan Brooks. Obviously, we hope that happens with Jonathan Brooks, but there's still some skepticism, I think, from NFL teams about how healthy he sure. was going to be and how worthy of a high draft pick he would be. So you're right. I mean, Jonathan Brooks was probably a, a second round pick before he went down with an injury. He, he's not Bijan Robinson level prospect. He's not Jimmy no. Gibbs level prospect. I don't think he would have found his way in the first round of the draft, but probably would have been a day two draft pick in the NFL if he had stayed healthy. But because of this injury and because the surgery and all the rehab that he's going to have to go through over these next few months, I think uh, that's enough to knock Jonathan Brooks down from day two to day three. And that's probably enough to convince him that he should come back for another year so he can play himself back up into that day one or day two conversation. Yeah, and play himself back into shape of being a running back, moving on to the next level. You know, I mean, he's he's got to prove it to himself. There's stuff within your own mind that you have to prove that you can't prove, you know, on the track and doing training with your trainer and stuff. You have to be in the in the in in the fight to figure out. Yeah, I can do this. I'm good. I'm good to go. So. Yeah, I would think to, to come back and give it another chance next year would make sense. But once again, I also put a lot of that on who's going to be your quarterback. I mean, because there'll be a lot of there, you know. I don't think it matters though, right? I mean, the conversation surrounding Brooks and the rehab is still the same, regardless of if Quinn Ewers comes back, right? Uh, yeah. He's still got a rehab and he still can't go through the pre-draft process. So yeah, I'll answer that for you and for me. Well, I mean, I'm and it, it's just that the pressure that could be put on. If you got one of these young guys coming back to be your quarterback, and they're going into the SEC, I, I don't know. I mean, some of these guys are going to get. Some guys are going to give them thoughts of, "You'll be just fine. You're fine. You're doing all these cuts. We've been working out all the things that I'm saying." That in a, an individual, would, there's going to be other people that are in his group saying, "You're just fine. Get the hell out of here." I mean, the only argument in favor of Jonathan Brooks going pro is you've got a limited amount of carries on your body as a yes. running back. So just, you know, go go get your money. Go off to the NFL. And your quarterback now. would help. And the quarterback helps with that, but, I believe. But, I mean, like Jonathan Brooks, he might make more money if he comes back to Texas than he would if he's a sixth or seventh round pick, right? Like he might make more off NIL next year than – he could if he was a late day three pick, which yeah, because he would be the guy be. on campus. He would be the big man on campus. 
Right. I mean, so I'm sure he's already doing pretty well at NIL right now, but the fact that he's had a really, really good season and everybody knows who he is and uh, seems like a great kid, like more and more businesses are going to want to associate themselves with Jonathan Brooks. So uh, more and more opportunities for him to make money here. So like to me, the only argument, once again, for him to leave is just, hey, you get to the NFL as quickly as possible. You've got limited tread on your tires when you're running back. Those guys' careers usually end earlier than anybody else's in in football. So just you know, go to the NFL while you still can. But most, yeah, most, because most you, argument you, makes you, sense for Brooks to come back for another season. Yeah, because you'd be out of the NFL and still in college for another year. You can talk about the NIL money, but it's not like the money you would be getting once you got into the NFL. But you, you, that, but the wear and tear. Once again, you're going to the SEC. You're going week in, week out. It's a pounding that may be a little bit different from the pounding that you've been getting. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I just, I don't know. I feel good enough about Jonathan Brooks being able to play well uh, against SEC teams, and I just feel like coming back would only improve his draft stock. Once again, if he didn't get hurt then I think everything you're saying makes sense, right? Like, do you really want to go to the SEC uh, and go against no. the defense? No, he'd be out of here. He'd be out yeah. of here. If he, were, if he were the Dope Walker Award winner or runner-up, he'd be gone. Yep, yeah, yeah, yeah. But now because of the injury, I think it uh, makes too much sense for Jonathan Brooks to come back. So uh, we'll see. I mean, there's going to be some competition in the running back room next year for Texas. C.J. Baxter's obviously coming back. We know Jaden Blue's coming back as well. Uh, Savion Red could be back for this Texas team too. So all of those guys will be back. Yeah, when that guy's healthy, when John the Brooks healthy, there is no competition. There's just him and some backups. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't think Texas has a, a running back recruit committed just yet for for 2024. I could got to have somebody from Florida come and somebody. I mean, their running back coach is just a killer dog on the recruiting trail when it comes to running backs. I think there's another yeah. kid out of the state of Florida that may be coming. Okay, I got to double check that for uh, for running backs. But uh, yeah, Texas has some dudes in that running back room. But Jonathan Brooks proved this year he was the best. Oh, yeah. The hope is he does come back next year and can prove that once again. Uh, What about Quinn Ewers, though? Because there was a report from inside Texas earlier this week that said there's a 90 percent chance that Quinn Ewers does return to Austin for another year. What say you? Well, I mean, there's a guy who needs to have a healthy season where he can, can make it through a football season, which we know Texas quarterbacks don't – that doesn't happen. But if that guy could have a healthy season, that would move, that would move his stock up. So I think there's teams that aren't quite sure about him. You know, you know that whole first-round thing I don't think is going to happen anyway. I mean, he'll have to have an unbelievable ending to his football season this year in order for him to go and move on. I mean, his numbers will have to really, really improve. I mean, his durability will have to improve a little bit, but it just another season at Texas, which means your backup and your other backup, somebody's going. Not everybody's staying. That just it doesn't right. happen in college football anyway. Right. Where, 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 where 70% of the kids or, or more than that are leaving when they come to your school anyway, they end up somewhere else. So that, that whole quarterback room, I don't think will stay the same. If Quinn Ewers comes back, I don't think that room stays the same. I don't know which one is going. But I don't think they're all staying. I would have been worried about somebody leaving, even if Quinn Ewers did leave, right? Like just the way college football works nowadays. Sure. I would have assumed the loser of the Malik Murphy Arch Manning battle would have been entering the portal to go play somewhere else so they could actually go play. Uh, because both of those guys have multiple years of eligibility left beyond next season. So right. 
It's like, well, if I'm not going to get to play right now, there's no clear path for me to play at any point in the near future. So I might as well go somewhere else where I actually do get the opportunity to start. Uh, so I would have been worried about that regardless. But yeah, you're telling me Quinn Ewers comes back, then there's like a 0% chance that all three of those dudes are back next season. And you're right, Buck. Sorry, I, Jared Gibson is class of 2024, the running back out of Florida. For some reason, I was thinking he was two years away. I thought, he Yeah, was yeah, so they've got uh, another runner coming. They've from got him. another runner coming in this year, a high four-star kid. I think he's the number two running back recruit in the country in the class of uh, 2024. So, uh, yeah, there's there's some competition in that room. Jonathan Brooks, if he does return, will still be the front runner to sure. be RB1 for Texas, assuming he can get back to normal from this ACL injury. Uh, but, yeah, no, there's a, a lot of talent Texas will have in that running back room, regardless, but especially if Brooks comes back. But, yeah, back to the quarterback thing. You're right. And I, I think Malik Murphy is, is the guy who's probably gone. I don't think Arch is leaving. Yeah, because Malik um, Murphy now has experience in football games. He's been in games. Right, and you do – I mean, there were all sorts of rumors about other teams reaching out to Malik Murphy's people this past off season. Right after the spring game, there were some teams, and not just – you know, random Florida International or oh, no. or I don't know, insert G5 team here, Utah State, whatever. Uh, no, like Power 5 programs and big name Power 5 programs like Florida was reportedly trying to talk to Malik Murphy to convince him to enter the portal and go transfer there. So if he had those looks last year, you would think there's uh, some opportunities or at least going to be some opportunities for Malik Murphy if he decides to uh, hit the portal next year. So in, in, in um, Deion Sanders son a senior too at Colorado he's a senior correct mm. or does he have another year I think he could come back for another year I assume everybody could come back for another year because oh, always thing. they can yeah. have seven or eight whatever they want everybody gets to come back for another year but I think that's that's a part of the uh the decision for Quinn Ewers I mean this is looking like a really really good 2024 quarterback draft class so you've got Caleb Williams, who I think most people expect to go 1-1. One, one. Uh, Drake May from North Carolina, like he's going to be a top three pick. Hell, there are some people who think maybe he goes ahead of Caleb Williams when we get there. Uh, Shador Sanders, as you mentioned, from Colorado. You've got J.J. McCarthy. You've got Michael Penix Jr. You've got Bo Nix. You've got Jaden Daniels. Like All of those guys could be coming out this year. So it's a loaded draft class at the quarterback position next year at least right now not so much obviously we will see what happens but that's definitely part of Quinn Ewers' sure. decision like hell a couple of years ago you look at the draft class from two years ago where Kenny Pickett was the first quarterback taken and he was taken at like pick number 20 or 21 and he was the only QB to go in the first two rounds uh if it was that draft class then Quinn Ewers probably would have left because he might have been ranked ahead of Kenny Pickett he might have been sure. the number one QB in that class but this year's is a lot more talented and a lot deeper as well. So uh, maybe that leads to a return for another season for Quinn. Yeah, it, kind of, it makes sense. Yeah, it was. I mean, he need, he needs to have he needs to have a as close to what a full season can be for him. Yeah, and I just I don't think a decision's been made. Like I think it's a little silly to to be reporting this stuff. And it's not like you know inside Texas said, oh, it's for sure that Quinn Ewers is coming back. I mean, they said there's a 90% chance, but... Uh, that's a pretty I, good percentage. If, if you're saying 90%, sure. somebody's got some good information or that's a pretty high number to be throwing out there. I just think it'd be silly for Quinn Ewers to have already made up his mind, right? Like we, yeah. saw, we saw Cardale Jones at Ohio State 
play three games for the Buckeyes, right? Like the two guys ahead of him got hurt. So Cardale Jones back in 2014 had to play for the Buckeyes and he played really well and led Ohio State to the national championship. He went from nobody knowing who the hell he was to a second round pick in the span of three games. So my point is like, yeah, if, if the draft was tomorrow and Quinn Ewers couldn't play any more college football, would he be a first round pick? No. Would he be a second no. round pick? I'm not even sure. But if, if Texas goes out and, you know, wins these next three games and makes the playoff, and let's say Texas wins the playoff semifinal game. And his and, arm is strong and he looks good. And Quinn Ewers is throwing for 300 yards every single week, then, well, he's a first round pick again and he'd be foolish to come back. So, like, I think it'd be silly if he's already made up his mind. Like, if he struggles down the stretch, then okay, it'd be smart for him to come back. But there's obviously a scenario that exists where Texas makes the playoff and Quinn Ewers is the biggest reason as to why, and he raises his draft stock enough to the point where he is back in that first-round conversation. Yeah, he's again. got some weeks to and make he himself, goes. He's got some. He's got a couple of weeks to make himself some money, help this team and help himself. Yeah, yeah. So I just like I I'd, I'd be surprised if. Uh, Quinn and his family had already made his decision sure. to this point. Now, hey, would I like Quinn Ewers to come back? Yeah, of course. Because you're talking about moving to the best conference in college football. You'd love to have a returning starter at quarterback, and it would be Quinn Ewers' third year as a starter. So, you know, he yes. knows the offense. He's obviously gotten a lot better this year compared to last year, so you'd think that he would only get better next year if he returned for another season. So I would love for him to come back if that's what he ultimately decides to do. But once again, I – I just uh, I'd be I'd be pretty stunned for that. Yes. Yeah. If that uh, that move or that call had already been made right now. So there, there's no doubt. I mean, that, it's it's way too soon. And these these last two last three games will be very, very important for him. Of course. Of course. Of course. So we'll see right there. All right. Uh, we'll take your thoughts. Hit us up on the code of text line. Five one two 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 nine three two eight. Keep the YouTube comments coming as well. Uh, Quinn Ewers talk is other fan bases trying to get to Arch. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it was a Texas site that reported that Quinn Ewers was coming back next year. So I don't think uh, a Texas site would be doing that to try to incite other fan bases to go after Arch Manning. No, they're going to have to. I mean, those guys, those young guys, those backups have decisions to make. Their families have decisions to make. It was going to be that way no matter – it's just the way it is here. It's just the way college football is for quarterbacks. Yep, absolutely. In the transfer portal era, yeah. you see, it's it's kind of a, a minor miracle right now that Texas has been able to keep three That's right. QB guys on campus at the same time because it just feels like nobody wants to stick around and compete nowadays. Uh, it'd be an even bigger miracle if all three of those guys, once again, are back in this quarterback room next year. I'd be pretty well, surprised. You get to compete, but the only way you get to play is if yeah. the guy in front of you gets hurt. Right, right. He has to get hurt. You don't – you don't get to go in there and run a half of a game during the football season. You don't get, oh, he's going to get this half. You're going to get the next half. They don't play those games anymore. That's um, not out there. That's not out there to do. It doesn't yeah. make any sense to do. That's why they leave. They they go on to places where they can become starters. Yep. And Sark, uh, you know, Malik Murphy played in some of the games early this season, but not a lot of them. And Sark doesn't uh, pull the trigger very quickly when it comes to making moves. Oh, no. Spot, so. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't blame uh, one of them for leaving if ultimately that was their decision. And if and that's where you need to get back. guys. Guys have to play early in the season. They need to be in there. You need to see what they can do early, because that stuff in the middle of the, you don't get to do that. And he doesn't like to substitute his quarterback, even in blowouts. He doesn't like to substitute. He wants to get the rhythm. He wants to get them used to the wide receivers. 
all the way for the next game, much less if you're up three touchdowns, bring somebody else in the game. They yeah. keep, they, he keeps his guys in there. Yep. If he does. And yeah, not a ton of blowout victories for Texas, right? No. And they, they struggled in the first half against Rice. They struggled in the first three quarters against Wyoming. Going into the season, those would have been the two games where it's like, all right, yeah, we'll go ahead and give these uh, younger cats the opportunity to play. Uh, Malik played some against Rice, but you know, not as much as uh, I think any of us would have liked. So there you go. All right. Uh, how about a word for Covert BK? If you mentioned them earlier, Buck, how about this text? Covert Bee Cave has taken excellent care of my wife's van. We live on the east side of town, but decided to give them a try, and they have been wonderful. Thanks for telling us about them. Another well, satisfied customer. Well, they're fantastic. As I said, you don't have to buy your car out in Bee Cave. If you're if you're a covert uh, customer all over the place, whether it's Hutto, uh, it doesn't mean I mean it doesn't matter if it's up on 183. If you want to get that car serviced and you live closer to Bee Cave, then bring it there. Bring that Cadillac there. They'll get it done there. Bring that Chevy there. Bring your Ford there. Whatever you have to do to make it convenient for yourselves, that's what the coverts are all about, convenience. And since 1909, they've been serving Central Texas, selling cars, trucks, and SUVs. They've got covert Ford, of course, in Hutto, along with covert Chevy. They've got Lincoln and Ford right here in Austin. And, of course, out in beautiful Bee Cave, Texas, they've got 42 unbelievable acres with seven brands, Buicks, GMCs, Cadillacs, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and, of course, the Ram. And, uh, folks, they know nobody does it better than the Coverts. They are absolutely fantastic in what they do. Their service department is fantastic. For more information, go to CobertBeeCave.com. Find out about all the great sales that they have. Once a week, they have sales out there. They're not doing these two- or three-monthly sales deals. They do them once a week. They have seven different brands, and they have sales on these cars and trucks all the time. And their lot is filled, filled with cars, just filled with cars and trucks. The Jeep out there right now is unbelievable. Go out there and check out that. While you're there, say hello to Dan Colbert. Say hello to Mike, of course, general manager, Stacy, the boss, Jerome out there, the whole gang. They will meet and greet you like nobody's business. You will, you will be satisfied by the people that you meet, the people that are surrounding the Colbert family, and nobody beats a Colbert deal. Not now, not ever. Not ever. Shout out to Colbert. Be cave and uh, keep those texts coming. And if you guys are – Going to support our advertisers, number one, we appreciate it. Uh, but number two, let us know, man, well, so we can let them know. Uh, always love passing along good things to the folks who support us here at Texas Sports Unfiltered. Shout out to Olipop as well. Love that Olipop. Great tasting. Yes, soda. That's actually good for you. Uh, Trey texted me yesterday. He sent me a picture from out in Vegas of just a cooler filled with Olipop. And he said he tried the cherry cola for the first time. Oh. Said he loved it. He was raving about the root beer last week. Yes, he was. Like, Man, cherry cola is now my new favorite flavor. So, yeah. Trey's a believer. You're a believer. Chip's a believer. I'm a believer. And a lot of you people out there are believers, too, because y'all keep texting and tweeting at me saying that you've tried Olipop and that you love Olipop. If you haven't tried it yet, you are missing out. Become a believer. Great tasting soda that's actually good for you. I don't know how they found a way to make it happen, but they did find a way to make it happen. They've got it at HEB. They've got it at Target, Walmart, Whole Foods, Costco, wherever you go to get your groceries, you can find Olipop on the shelves. And you know what else is good for you? 7-Eleven. That's right. I don't know if you're going to find – you can find tea there today. But I don't know if you're going to find green tea. You're probably going to have to go. That's right. You're probably going to have to go to my Starbucks to get yourself some green tea. But everything else, they've got it. They got the regular tea there. They've got the sweet tea. 
They've got the unsweetened tea. They've got your Olipop there. They have all, well, you know, they got that Snickers bar there that has uh, the uh, white milk chocolate around it now. Been, I tried that the other day. Got in trouble for that. That was in the, my, uh, the floor of my car. My wife saw that. That's not good for me. That's not a good thing. Scene of the crime was not good. Oh. But, if, but if you don't have the Gestapo looking in your car, then you need to go to 7-Eleven, get all your goodies, your little Debbies, everything that you need. You get them at 7-Eleven. You got to be smarter than that, dude. I know, man. I just, I, I just got so many things going on. You know, I just dropped the wrapper right there. I said, I'll, I'll come back. Once I go into the house, I'll come back in, wrap it up in something and put it in the trash. No, no. Hmm. She was on you, man. I I can't get mad at your wife for that one. You know, the rules and you broke the rules and you got caught. Hey, listen, I live here too. What do you mean? I know the rules. I make the rules. No way. It's her house now. She's the captain now. Oh my goodness. Was yeah. she the leader? She's the team leader. She's the flight leader, the house the leader. leader. She's a house leader. The no. marriage leader, all of the above. You can't be trying to sneak a fast one by her. It ain't happening, dude. Dude. Yeah, but you get it all at 7-Eleven. 7-Eleven is fantastic, <laughs> man. I'm gonna yes, get my are. paper there today because I'm gonna I'm gonna be heading out to uh heading out to the Round Rock area, Hutto area. Uh, because we got a big event out there tomorrow. Yeah, we'll be out there Thursday, tomorrow. right? Yep, tomorrow morning we'll be out there. Actually, for a lot of the day, we'll be at the uh, brand new Academy Sports and Outdoors in Hutto, celebrating the grand opening of that new spot. They're going to have great specials going on all weekend long out there at that Academy. But we're also going to be giving away some Academy gift cards tomorrow. So come by and see us. We'll have some Texas Sports Unfiltered swag as well. We'll be there from 8 to 1 tomorrow so yeah starting early with bucky and bk but all of the shows from eight to one will be out there at that academy we'll be inside which is good news so come inside say what's up to us uh get you some gear you know maybe if you're a rangers fan buy you some rangers world series gear if you're a longhorn fan you know they've got all sorts of texas gear Uh, if you're an aggie fan celebrating the firing of jimbo fisher and you want to be proud about that they've got aggie yeah. gear too but they got tons of aggie gear they've got everything you know what academy has y'all don't need us to uh, to tell you that uh they've got you covered at academy sports and outdoors speaking of giveaways i keep forgetting to do this so randomizer we got yeah, the, random, the randomizer's got to make a comeback because we got to give away 150 dollars cabo bob's catering gift card this morning all you have to do to enter is leave a YouTube comment if you're watching on YouTube or hit us up on the Coda text line, 512-222-9328. You do either of those things. You leave any sort of comment or text, you are entered to win that $150 catering gift certificate from our great friends over at Cabo Bob's. Love Very those nice. Got to get you a burrito over there, man. That's, that stuff is fantastic. And they are uh, hooking you people up all season long, just like that. Buck, we haven't talked much NFL today. Uh, Some news out of Buffalo following the Bills' disappointing loss on Monday Night Football to the Denver Broncos. They've made a change. Offensive coordinator Ken Dorsey, yes, that Ken Dorsey, has been fired. The Bills have been one of the most disappointing teams in football. They are sitting at 5-5. and Ten weeks into the season, Josh Allen leads the NFL in interceptions and in turnovers in general. The Bills were expected to be Super Bowl contenders once again this season, and they have not looked like that through 10 games. 
So Ken Dorsey has lost his job. I don't think Ken Dorsey's been there for two years. I mean, did Ken Dorsey have 12 guys on the field? He wouldn't have lost his job if they didn't have 12 men on the field and they'd have won that football game. He'd still be the offensive coordinator. Yeah, you're probably right. What's, what did he have to do with the 12th man? Well, he's getting blamed for all the Josh Allen turnovers and the offensive struggles, but you are right. It's not Ken Dorsey's fault that the the Bills screwed up and gave Denver a second opportunity at that yes. game field goal. Head coach ain't going to fire himself, though. I mean, this is Sean McDermott just in survival mode. This is, this is what he is because he's the next to go. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I said it, uh, I think, a couple of weeks ago, and I think I mentioned it again yesterday. If the Bills miss the playoffs this year, McDermott's gone. Yes. I mean, there are some Buffalo Bills fans who are already, you know, saying, oh, even if the Bills do make the playoffs, but if they don't make it to the Super Bowl, then McDermott's got to go because they've obviously been knocking on the door, but they haven't been able to get over the hump. They made it to the AFC title game once, I think, during the COVID year. But every other year, they keep making the playoffs, but they're not getting to the Super Bowl. And, hell, they're usually not even getting to the conference championship game. So there are already Bills fans saying, hey, if we didn't get at least there, we need to make a move. But if they don't even make the playoffs, yeah, he gone. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's not many teams get a chance to have a Hall of Fame quarterback that doesn't, doesn't make it to the playoffs. You know, I mean, this guy's a yeah. Hall of Fame quarterback. No matter which, his numbers are going to be totally ridiculous before it's is said and done. He's got to cut back on some of the mistakes that he's making, but they've got to do something better with that offense. They The other night they had an opportunity where they were running the ball, then they put it in, in, in Josh Allen's hand and let him start throwing interceptions again. They were running the ball pretty well. They stopped there. I mean, some of that may be on Dorsey, but he's also had uh, Josh Allen playing at a level that was just slightly below what Patrick Mahomes has been doing for this season. You know, he had cut back on some stuff, and now he's got two back-to-back games where he's just – he's, like, not even throwing it to him. He's, like, walking it over and handing it to the guys on defense. Yeah. No, Josh Allen's been bad this year. Um, he's he's nowhere close to Patrick Mahomes' level right now. Obviously, those guys were in the conversation, in the same conversation for a while. It was kind of like Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, Patrick right. Mahomes. Those are the creme de la creme in the AFC. And uh, Mahomes is obviously still there. I think Burrow's still there. Josh Allen right now is not there. Now, I'm not telling you to close the book on him because we've seen oh. enough good from Josh Allen over the course of his career uh, to think that he can bounce back. But, uh, no, he – you know, last year he had a lot of turnovers and was a little bit down. And then, obviously, this year he's been a turnover machine for Buffalo. So, Brian Dable was the offensive coordinator there for a few years. Obviously, he left to take the job with the Giants. You mentioned it. This is Ken Dorsey's second year in Buffalo. Josh Allen hasn't been the same – uh, since Brian Dable took that gig with the G-Men. So, yeah, uh, once again, no, no surprise. Like, you, you thought Buffalo had to do something to switch things up this year, and Ken Dorsey is the, the victim of their struggles. But Fired a special teams coach. They got to let, put 12 out there. And they've obviously got to turn things around this year. Otherwise, everybody is going to be losing their jobs in Buffalo. Oh, for sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, all right, NFL Power Rankings, Buck. We do these every Wednesday. I'd love to hear your top five teams in the NFL as we sit 10 weeks into the 2023 season. Who you got? I got the Eagles, the Chiefs, San Francisco, because they're back again, the Dallas Cowboys, and then the Ravens. I got Ravens as five. Some would say the Ravens have moved up, not after last week, not after that, that loss to Cleveland. Forget about it. No, but, I, but I've got San Francisco, 
who are stumbling around for three games. I've got them back at number three. Got Kansas City at number two. But I got the Eagles at number one. I got the Dolphins out of the top five. That's fair. I mean, the Dolphins haven't proven that they can beat good teams. Uh, they're six and three on the year, which is very good. Their six wins, though, have come against teams with losing records. Their three losses have come against teams with winning records. So they've beaten the teams that they're supposed to beat, but whenever they've played a really, really quality opponent, they've come up on the losing end. So I don't have Miami in my top five either. I think they're close. They're probably number six or number seven yeah. for me right now. But, uh, yeah, I don't uh, I don't have the Dolphins in my top five either. I would uh, probably put them at seven. I'd probably put them behind Detroit. Okay. Yeah, our lists are pretty similar. Um, I've got Philadelphia at number one right now, too. I've got Kansas City right behind them at number two. San Francisco, I'm with you, man. I mean, uh, nobody gave up on them. At least nobody should have given up on them. They looked great. They bounced back in a major, major way, uh, not only beating the Jacksonville Jaguars, who were 6-2 and two going yeah. into last weekend, but they beat the brakes off of the Jags in Jacksonville, in Duval, as they say. Um, I don't have Dallas in my top five, though. I've got Detroit number four. And I've got Baltimore number five. So our only difference is, yeah, I've got the Lions at number four. And in my top five, you've got the Cowboys number four. And in your top five, I don't have the Cowboys there right now. You worried about that Cowboys defense? Because there's nothing to worry about with that offense until they, until you just have totally said, hey, they can't run the ball. Right. Well, yeah, that's that's absolutely a worry that you can have about the Cowboys offense. They can't run the ball. That's a huge worry. I'm more worried about that than anything on defense right now. Uh, I don't love that Diggs is obviously out for the year. I don't love that Leighton Vander Esch now is probably out for the year too. Um, those guys will be missed, but I, I still feel that this is one of the better defenses in all of football. But yeah, and Dak's playing at a great level. The defense has been good. The wide receivers have been great. C.D. Lamb's doing things that we've never seen an NFL wide receiver do. Uh, Brandon Cooks, obviously, with a big-time yeah. game this past Sunday, which hopefully we see more of that the rest of the way, but uh, yeah, now the Cowboys can't run. And also the Cowboys have to be better on the road. Like Dallas has been the best home team in football this year. Hell, they've got the longest active home winning streak in the NFL. They've won 12 straight at home going back to last season. And they've outscored opponents 160 to 50 in those 12 games. Where they I'm put it on people at home. I'm telling you, man, it's been impressive what Dallas has done at AT&T Stadium. But and they got the Panthers this week at home? Uh, in Carolina. In, oh, it's in Carolina. Yeah, That's road game. So even on the road on this road trip, they need to get it going. Yeah, well, it shouldn't. It shouldn't matter, right? I mean, no. I, I know the Cowboys have struggled a little bit outside of Arlington, but kind of a, a one-win Carolina team. So I know the Cowboys did lose to Arizona on the road this year, and before last Sunday, that was a one-win team as well. But now it, it shouldn't matter that the Cowboys are playing on the road. But look, if the Cowboys don't win the division, and right now they're two games behind Philadelphia then they're going to have to play all of their playoff games on the road. At least you would think uh, they've got to showcase more of an ability to play up to standard on the road. I, I agree. So that's uh, that's another little bit of a concern for me. I mean, they've got at Buffalo at Miami this year still left to play. So a couple of opportunities against good teams. We just dunked on Buffalo a little bit, but I still think they're a solid team and, I think they'll figure some things out and still make it to the playoffs uh, at the end of the year. But some chances for the Cowboys to, to showcase their ability to win away from home. And obviously, they've got that big game against Philadelphia at AT&T here in a few weeks, too. Well, so. I, I know this. I'm not, 
I'm not totally bought into the AFC is better this year. I, I, I'm just not, you know. Mm-hmm. Better uh, than the NFC? Yeah. Okay. I mean, if you look, I mean, for, for what I've got in the top five, I've got the Eagles, San Fran, and Dallas in there. Yeah. So, and I don't know. I don't know where I stand on, on the Seahawks. I don't – there's not many more after that, after those four that you can look at. The Seahawks seems to, to find ways to win at home, but they're a terrible team once they get on the road too. Kansas City is Kansas City because of the quarterback, and, you know, I think they'll still figure it out by playoff time with the receivers and what they want to do, and they've got the best coach. So, Yeah. But the Ravens – I don't know. The Ravens, the Ravens may be fool's goal too after last week. Uh, yeah, look, it was a disappointing game. Uh, they blew a big second half lead against Cleveland and lost at home. But I, I don't know. They've shown me enough this year to where I think they're still really, really good. Uh, and they beat Cleveland 28 to three in the other matchup between those two teams. And they've beaten Seattle by a lot. They've beaten Detroit by a lot. I still think uh, Baltimore is legit. I, I think the AFC is better top to bottom. I don't think the AFC is as top heavy as maybe we thought it was going to be going into mm-hmm. this season. But I still think the AFC is the better conference right now. Like, I mean, right now, Cincinnati's not in the playoffs in the AFC. Right. Buffalo's not in the playoffs in the AFC. Like, uh, that, that, that tells you, I think, how deep this, uh, this conference is right now. So I still feel like that's the better half of the NFL. Maybe not as lopsided as we thought going into the season. But uh, I, I still think that's the better of the two conferences. Yeah, and I, and I think if you had to play, you know, the, if you played the, the quarterback game and on – the same way we're playing with with these top top teams, I, I would think Patrick Mahomes would still be on the top. Um, boy, Dak Prescott is is making a move to be that guy, and even C.J. Stroud. If you're just talking quarterbacks, I'm not talking about the team, but the way the quarterbacks are playing. You know, we we just got through talking about Josh Allen. Josh Allen would be down there like five or six. You know, if you're ranking the quarterbacks be, right now, yeah, I mean C.J. Stroud would be in front of him. C.J. Stroud would be maybe three. Jared Goff would be up there and what he's doing. You, oh. I know you hate to see it, but I mean, the, I mean I'm mean, i talking about guys who are getting it done right now. At Let the me ask you this. If, if you could pick one of those two guys for the rest of the season between Jared Goff and Josh Allen, who would you pick? See, now I'm, I'm thinking about that right now. With the ball clubs that they're on and what they do. Uh, Just the quarterbacks. Everything else is the same. You get to pick one of those two quarterbacks to be your team's quarterback for the rest of 2023. Who are you picking? I'll take Jared Goff. Oh. Yes, I would. Really? Yes. God, Josh Allen has fallen below Jared Goff? That dude is a turnover. I mean, he just throws them up, BK. I, I, I like contested interceptions. That's nice. But I don't like my quarterback gift wrapped and stuff. I just don't like him go over there giving him a little smooch on the cheek and the ball. I mean, it's, oh. it, he's ridiculous <laughs> now. Don't tell me you'd rather have Josh Dobbs than Josh Allen. No, no, I didn't say that. I'm just making sure. I was going to see how far I'm, down the list I could go. No, I'm not taking. I'm not taking him down that far. Oh my! But he God. is dropping off the map when it comes to quarterback play. Yeah, no, he's once again he's had a bad year. Like Jared Goff's had a better season than Josh Allen, but uh, I would still I would still go with Josh. Josh Allen's Allen. playing like. Purdy's playing right now. Uh, Purdy will be back now that he's got his. Once he's got Debo back, that all changes for him too. Yeah, he he got things back on track as 
the Niners did as a whole. Brock Purdy, 19 of 26, 296, and three touchdowns against a Jacksonville team that was really, really hot going into uh, to that game. So, man, yeah, that is that is wild that that's even a discussion. Yeah, I'll take Trevor right Lawrence now. in front of him. Over Josh Allen? Yes. That one's a little less controversial, I think. Um, man. But for what they're asking in Detroit and what they're getting done, it's happening. Yeah, they're winning games. They're really good. They're the number two seed in the NFC right now. They're seven and two. So uh, now the Lions are playing some really, really good football. Uh, Cowboys and Lions, I think that's week 17. So very, very close to the end of the year. We still have a while before we get that one, but that's a, that's a very intriguing matchup. What do we for, get with the Cowboys next week for Thanksgiving week? I mean, for, what are we getting for the Cowboys on that day? Turkey. Commies. Commies. Oh, really? Yeah, in Dallas. That better be a win. You that better about, be a that better you be talk a about ruin and Thanksgiving right there. Oh my goodness. That better be big numbers too. Yeah. 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 That's uh, would be a disaster if the Cowboys slipped up in either of these next two games, right? They've got Carolina this week and then the commies next week. Those are uh, those are two you feel like you need to win because the schedule gets a whole hell of a lot tougher. After that, you got the Seahawks, you still have the Dolphins, you still have the Bills, you still have the Lions, you still have the Eagles. So you need to take advantage of the uh, softer part of the schedule that you've got coming. Absolutely, because that game with Miami is in Miami. Uh, Yes, Christmas Eve. It'll be hot. It'll still be warm enough. And those indoor Cowboys will be just – they'll be melting away. That's right. That's one for the Tua there. Mm. Oh, you're calling the Dolphins? You know the Cowboys have a winning record, right? And you know what the Dolphins do against teams with winning records, don't you? Have you seen that secondary versus those receivers, though? No, because well, the game hasn't happened, so nobody has. You will see. You will see. <laughs> all right. All right. Hey, some shout-outs. We've got a pretty funny story to uh, to wrap things up here in a moment. Also, a little Texas basketball talk as the Longhorns are back in action tonight at the Moody Center. Um Top Gun, Buck? Yes, sir. Brandon Mars and Top Gun. And get that tiller ready. Getting that garden ready for this spring. Preparing my garden. Getting all the garden tools that I need. You can get all that at Top Gun. And now, if you've got a big project going on where you need a bobcat, they've got those, too, for rent. They're going to let you have an opportunity to do it, do it yourself. Build your own driveway. Build your own parking spaces. Top Gun's got all the equipment that you need for all that heavy-duty stuff. And, of course, just even the small stuff, like I'm doing my small garden, but I'm not digging my way through it with a pickaxe. I need a tiller. I can get a tiller right there at the two Top Gun locations. And Brandon Mars, whether it's chainsaws, pole saws, you name it, they've got it. Absolutely. Top Gun, two Austin area locations. They've been the best at what they do since 1996. Topgun.net is the website. Top Gun, we will shoot you straight. Also, some love to sendtextickets.com. If you're looking for tickets for anything, you can find them. Sentextickets.com. Every sporting event, every concert, every Broadway show. Hey, mention it. The Longhorns back in action tonight at the Moody Center. If you're trying to get into the mood to be able to bless the mood, uh, get your tickets at sentextickets.com. Also, a shout-out to Altstad Beer, the best beer that you can find all throughout the state of Texas. This stuff is liquid gold, man. I'm telling you. You know what else is gold? Woods Comfort System. That's right. Gold, cold, heat, whatever you need. Woods Comfort Systems, they've been doing it for over 60 years. And, folks, this morning, got a little cool. The heat popped on. Oh. No smoke, no soot, no nothing. Just clean, warm air coming out for the buck this morning. 
I love it. I love it when that system pops on and, and I'm not smelling the leftovers of the year before. It's just, it's fantastic. They do such a great job. And if you've got a contract with Woods Comfort Systems, believe me, they're going to get out there and make sure all the air ducts, all the heating ducts, they're all clean and ready for you, especially as winter is starting to come upon us in December. And I think that would be December 17th that I call that. Yeah, I call it December 17th. Mm. PK's calling for it on the, on the 21st. I'm calling the 17th. Yeah, well, it is on the 21st. That's why I'm calling it on the 21st. Oh, I see. That's when winter starts this year, Buck. I don't make the rules here. Don't get mad at me. You know who makes the rules? The Farmer's Almanac. That's who makes the rules. What do they know? What do you mean, what do they know? Farmers, come on. Hey, the next farmer you see, ask the farmer about that. About the Almanac? Yeah, you don't go by the Almanac. Rodney goes by the Almanac. I go by the Almanac. Hey, Doc Trey goes by the Almanac. Oh, that's supposed to help? Yeah, that helps out. That helps out the dream. Yeah, if Trey's in on it, then there's no way I'm in on it. And that on that deal. As our guy Rue says, hey, like the video. If you haven't done so yet, please give this video a thumbs up. Thank you all for the continued love and support. If you haven't subscribed to us, please be sure to do just that. Of course, Texas Sports Unfiltered is live all day long from 8 to 5 every single weekday. So uh, stick around. Of course, the Buck and I are done at 10, but Chaos Theory, we've got Jeff Howe at 11. We've got uh, the Midday Show at 12, Chip and Zay from 1 to 3, and then Fire the Cannon from 3 yeah. to 5 today because it is Wednesday. So keep it locked in right here on the YouTube or on the free Texas Sports Unfiltered app all day long. Another reminder that we will be at Academy Sports and Outdoors tomorrow with a brand-new location in Hutto. We hope to see all of you there. Buck, how about this story? Uh, I'm going to pull up a picture first. Uh, to give you a little visual guide for the story that we are about to talk about here. Let me see if I can find this real quick. Where are you? Here we go. Here's our girl. You see this? Yes. This is not Stephen King with a wig on. That's not it's a girl. This, well, it is a girl. That's By the a name of, of, what do you mean it's a dude? It's like a real girl. Yeah. Here's the story. Here's why we're showing you a picture right okay. now. Uh, her name is Amanda Burnside. She is from Southampton, New York, and she is a serial arson suspect. Okay. She looks she like my friend Fred. She is. <laughs> Who's Fred? A you have friend a picture? of mine. She looks you have like a picture my friend of Fred? Fred. Yeah. We got a side-by-side -side we can oh, pull up my here? Oh, goodness. Come on, lady. Go ahead. She's oh, burning that's... stuff down. She has uh, been accused of lighting fires at three houses. She was arrested for that. She was released on her own recognizance recently, and a judge ordered her for supervised release within 72 hours. As soon as she got let out of jail, within the first two hours, she had acquired a knife, went into a Dollar Tree, and tried to rob it. So literally, she was released on supervised release for 72 hours, even though prosecutors were like, no, don't let this woman out of jail, please. She could be trouble. And sure enough, they were right. Within two hours, she had robbed a Dollar Tree with a knife, and she got thrown right back in jail once again. Oh, Fred, come on. Fred, no, her name is Amanda Burnside, which oh, okay. is hilarious. Okay. She's okay. an arsonist. Uh, she's like an attempted murderess, too. Yeah. 
I mean, Burnside with the name, though, is hilarious if she's accused of arson. That's as good as it gets, right? You can't make that, that mustache up. from. She's got a better mustache than you. Where do you see a mustache? On her? There's no mustache there. What are you talking about? Look at that thing on her lip. What is that? A caterpillar? What's the, what is the deal? Hers looks that's, better than yours. That's called a nose, I think. That's uh, on top of her lip. Is that what you're talking about? Slightly above her lips, there's some, there's some hairline fractures. Well, See that uh, hair, that dark women can, hair. Women can have hairline fractures. Yeah, but not. They can't have like a beard on their upper lip. I mean, look at that thing. I don't see what you're talking about, man. That is a woman. I like you're being incredibly disrespectful here. Okay. Sorry. This this is a woman by the name of Amanda Burnside who is apparently committing a lot of crimes. So maybe I shouldn't be so nice to her. No. Why are you trying to be nice to Fred? Come on. If you take that wig off. That's going to be Fred. You know that is. So stop it. <laughs> Are you saying that this is a woman like you're the Pope? <laughs> yes. Close to it. And yes. Her name is Amanda. Is it Amanda? Uh, Amanda. Yeah. Duh. Amanda. Amanda. Yeah. Right. I don't know, man. It's, you ask it, Wags. Wags will tell you on this one. The name is spelled A-M-A-N-D-A. And then Burnside, B-U-R-N-S-I-D-E. That's clearly a woman. I don't know what you guys are talking about. <laughs> that is a lovely, effeminate-looking woman. Is it really woman. clear? A that's lovely... not clearly any. No, that's clearly an arsonist that's part wannabe murderer. Mm, yeah, I mean, I guess at this point, uh, she is no longer a suspected arsonist, right? Like, if you're suspected of committing crimes and then... Two hours after you're let out of jail, you commit another crime. I think that you're trying takes to all shank of the, somebody at the Dollar General. Yeah, Come I think on. that takes all of the suspicion out of the uh, of the incident here, right? Like we we know she did all of those arsons, right? She lit all of those houses on fire. There's no uh, doubt about that See, anymore. If I went yeah? to Seven Eleven and said, "Hey, excuse me, young lady," and and Fred there said, "No, I'm a dude. I'm going to go. My bad." No, that's a lady. Her name is Amanda Burnside. Clearly, that is a woman. I don't know what you're seeing here. No, don't let Rodney and them see that, please. If they see that, they're going to say there's something wrong with you. That is not. Rodney mm. will tell you what friend of his looks just like that. And I guarantee you, Wags had at least five guys in the military that look just like that, too. Well, oh, well there are women in the military. So I know. Well, it would make sense if there are uh, some folks who look like women in the military, no, right? No, Fred, no. What do you mean, Fred? You got to send me a picture of Fred. Like, this oh is a man. I don't know. I, I don't watch know what you're court TV. About. I watch court TV every, TV every day. There looks like a murdering whatever dude that looks just like that every day on there. Are you that saying her, her name should be Amanda Sideburn instead of Burnside? Yes. Did you ever? Did, oh did you uh, you think she needs to read the Dr. Seuss book? If you were born with a dick, you're not a chick. <laughs> that's the new one. Is that the new one that's out? <laughs> yeah, oh Dr. Seuss is dropped. We've got Cat in the Hat. We've got uh, One <laughs> Fish, Two and Fish, Green Eggs and Ham. And we've got If You're Born with a Dick, You're Not a Chick. <laughs> All the places will go, really. <laughs> All the houses will burn. I just you got you're being insensitive, man. Like sorry this, about it, that. It, this is a woman right here. Sorry Amanda about that, y'all. Yep, she is a, a a criminal, but she is a she.
That looks like Mickey the mobster. I mean, really, dude, come on, man. Don't ever bring up anything like this again. Well, we got to bring on Rodney and Wags. I would love to uh, to get these guys' thoughts on uh, this story that we're talking about here. Double R and Wags with us. I guarantee you Rodney had a gym teacher look just like this dude. <laughs> God, God, you, you know that I, that I do a lot. really was. Y'all know I do a lot of things in car racing, right? Yes. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Holy Boom. <laughs> what I don't I don't get what you guys are talking about. This is clearly a woman. Clearly I thought that was really yeah. Stephen. I thought it was really Stephen King. Like when you said it when you said it was Stephen King with with like uh just like a, a bit. I thought this was a bit for Stephen King or whatnot. Because he was in the he was in the news recently about making you know, quotes about the new Marvel movie or whatnot. I thought that's where you were going. CBK, no. you think no, I'm, bro, I'm insensitive? No. I am not insensitive. Look, I'm just being it, real. It could be a woman, a woman, a woman that looks like Stephen King with the wig on. That's what we and, have. And it's here. funny her last name is Burnside, or its last name is Burnside, because I mean, after General Burnside from the Civil War, from the Burnside <laughs> Bridge. I mean, <laughs> so what I tell you. I told you, BK, these Bucky, guys will find dudes. I got to tell you, dude, and this gives a whole. So, so Bucky, you were like CMA uh, DJ of the year. I, I think you and, and so, so you guys won that. And and if I recall correctly, there is a country music song that says, "Amanda, light up my life." There it is, right there, right there, right. That's, Holy shit! I mean, I thought I'm you were going with Barry Manilow. I'm waiting for BK to is. give me the picture. Well, this dude doesn't have this long hair, this wig, and show me who this dude really is. It's not, it's a man, all right. It's a jaw. Um, yeah. it, no, so this this person has clearly been in jail before or has been apprehended. I mean, there is I, I heard like the synopsis of the story, or or at least you know, a little bit of the lowdown of the story. Yeah, they are in and out of un stable situations yeah correct yeah they uh amanda she i don't know why you guys are being so disrespectful it's clearly a she (laughs) in our picture she was accused of lighting fires at three houses so she was in jail for that she got let go on bail and then within two hours of her getting released from jail she tried to rob a dollar tree with a knife how are how is she how how is she getting into these houses how are these houses still letting her in after the track record that she's been setting fire to well she's just going by and taking brush and putting them around doing like little campfire things this dude this dude is like a scout leader is this a scout leader Uh is this the plane leader I've got a buddy in Round Rock. I keep looking at this picture. See, I and told I'm, you. And I'm, like, and I'm like taking the glasses off and pulling that wig off. I'm calling his ass when I get done on my like, show. What do you mean his ass? That's, no way. That's, that's not a wig. That's You can see the root. You can see where that's that's parted at, man. Like, that's real, real hair. It's real hair on a real woman. I, that's I mean, Stephen King. Rodney, you got to ask your friend why he looks like a woman. Because he's <laughs> clearly a woman to me. Hey, listen. Bill Rose said she's always a woman to me. This is this is what he was talking about. Dude looks like a lady. That's in the list of long no's. That's another no on a deserted island. Just me and this dude right here. It would never happen. Yeah, I don't. I don't care if it had all the body parts. No, it would be. There's just not a chance. Yeah, that's a firm acquaintance with my hand there, Buck. That's right. Yeah. That's why that's I had two hands. Hair. That's why God gave me two hands. Yeah, that's right. Uh, 
But no, thank you. If you keep calling me to do with my woman, people are going to question you on the text line. They're they're going to say that there's something wrong with your eyes. This isn't something you'd see down on Sixth Street that it wouldn't bother you. Wouldn't bother me. It wouldn't bother you like at two o'clock in the morning. No, I wouldn't try to take it home, but it wouldn't bother me. I would I would want to have a conversation with this to see with what her. the hell is Why do you keep calling th- this? Well, and that's and, and another a another song, old school song. situation. I don't know if this is a real story or not. Knowing you, this is a <laughs> crazy type of bit that you got going. I still think this is Stephen King. <laughs> well, uh, then you have then you have the disco song, guys. More than a woman. More than a woman to me. Who's that lady? Who's that lady? Yeah, I I gotta go. This this is making. I'm getting. I'm starting to get ill. Isley Brothers comes on and he checks out. I get it. You guys, you guys want me to leave uh, her up on? No, we can take. We can take. Just leave that up the whole time. I mean, Uh, we can take her down. Hey, shout out real quick to Miggy V, the winner of the Cabo Bob's gift card. Miggy, hit us up on the code of text line five one two 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 nine three two eight. Text that and we'll get you your prize. And congrats, fellas. She is off the screen, and I will be now, too. See y'all. Yeah. There he goes.